Where's my book? Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Sunday, February 10th, 2013. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 486. This is No Agenda. Preparing for the Illuminati music sacrifices tonight in the capital of the Drone Star State, Austin Tejas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, without further ado, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Vaughn and Buzzkill. In the morning. Nailed it. <laughs> That's right, baby. Tonight, Illuminati sacrifices. I can't wait. What's going on? At the Grammys. Oh, the Grammys. Oh, God. It was Thanks w- for reminding me. It, it, was it one year ago already that Whitney Houston died? Was that a, a year ago already? you got to be kidding me. I thought it was two years ago. <laughs> no, that's horrible. No, you sure. Is, yeah, sure. No. It was a year ago, not two years ago. No, Are one. You absolutely sure. No, I'm not. I'm not absolutely sure. To the point sure. you put money on it. Yeah, I'll put money on it. It was one year ago. One well, year. you looked it up. No, it was one year ago. Let's uh, find out. But you know the. Um, well, who dies this year? That's the get. That's what we do. Theme of this show. Who dies this who dies? year? No, I think we're too late. I mean, you're supposed to die during Clive's party. It's that. That was last night. So it's, oh. it's too late for the dying. Well, but we don't know. They may find a body in the in the basement or something. But here, there, the, here's the that. homework. Everyone has homework. Uh, of course, the, you know the the Grammys will come on after the show, and I always appreciate. I like watching the Grammys. I, you know, this is. Uh, I like seeing. Whatever happened? Remember when uh, you know live award shows were exciting, and they were exciting really for one reason, because you'd wait for who's who's it going to be this year? Who's the guy that's going to say, hey? Stop this lunacy! Stop killing people! Let's 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 just stop this craziness and would call out political leaders. That never happens anymore. It ever. Happened. The last time it happened was with uh, Michael Michael Moore. Michael Moore. That's right. And how long yeah, well, ago he, was he that? Because he's such a he's still just kind of an initiate. He uh, was uh, banned from ever winning another award, although it's unspoken. <laughs> yeah, that's and, right. And uh, yeah. they, they started to say, that, no, during the Bush administration, they just cracked down on this crap. Yeah, no and more. now we have Obama in who's supported by Hollywood. You mean George now, W. Obama? George Obama. <laughs> George Obama. I like the George. Well, maybe we should do George Obama. That's, you know, it's funny. Um, I was George Obama? <laughs> I was reading that uh, Malcolm X's... I think it was, let me just see, was it his grandson, I think, hold on, um, uh, was on his way to Tehran. Uh, no, crap, how come I can't find this? He was on his way to Tehran for, there's this conference, apparently, and you know, I got it here, and this is like, I don't know, it's like the third or fourth year they're holding this conference, and what is it called here? It is the, you know, ever since I stopped smoking, like, I really can't see anymore with my glasses. This is a real problem. I have an idea. Get new glasses? Yes. Well, it's it, it's it's like this one, there's a, there's a focal point. I don't think it'll work. It's a, because, you know, it, this it, the problem is with the monitors. The monitors, you know, there's a certain comfortable distance for a monitor. I'm sure you have uh, an opinion on this. And this this comfortable distance for the monitor is no longer within the focal point for my eyes. It's right outside the range with the glasses, but it's also outside the range without the glasses because I'm nearsighted. So, you know, so my nearsightedness is I'd have to get too close to the monitor for it actually to be comfortable or healthy probably. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. So, 
get new glasses. <laughs> I don't think it's that 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 simple. No, you can get glasses specifically. Tell your optometrist, op, ophthalmologist, or whatever you want, whatever uh, advertising. Obst- I don't obst- care what obst- you call them. Obstetrician. Uh, tell him that you need to wear glasses that will see a monitor at whatever comfortable. Say it's a, a three feet. Usually, what most people seem to three like. feet. No, I'm <laughs> like two feet maybe tops. Two feet. Why don't you just stick your nose on the monitor? <laughs> well, that, I might have to. Okay, say you like two feet. Mm-hmm. Whatever the case is, they'll make a pair of glasses specifically for your monitor. But will it work for for driving then, or I have, no. to have different? Yeah, see, this is this is the problem. Then I have to have different glasses for uh, for regular. Well, stuff. you can get bifocals and look like an old fart. I mean, you can do that. But I would suspect that, that there's maybe yes, there's, there's with these a chain. new correcting ones, these crazy ones that that change or something when you move around. Yeah. I don't even know how they work. You think you think that really works? You think that's for real? Yeah, because I tried them at one of these trade shows, and they they changed oh, the really? focal thing somehow. I think they they bend the or they get. Point. Elsie, they got something going on inside. I, I actually was going to write about it and follow up and learn something about the technology, <laughs> and mean, then I just dropped the ball. You mean, I don't know how you mean basically get some free glasses? Is that what you're saying? That's that's usually your opera, your, your OA. That would probably be a, a, a methodology for doing that, but I never, I dropped the ball. It's just like, you know, I haven't got time for this. All right, so this is going on right now. It is indeed the third. The third international Hollywoodism conference in Tehran, Iran. Have you ever heard of this? No, I know they have a lot of strange conferences in Tehran, but I never heard of the Hollywoodism. Yeah, and uh, the well, there's there's a lot of Hollywood people are there. So they, yeah, the uh, the FBI. Who? Well, uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the play button in a minute. The FBI arrested Malcolm X's grandson, uh, who was on his way to Iran. I think there might be an issue just as an American to go to Iran. I'm not sure. It can, you can't just go, can you? Do you have to... I think it's one of the... Ba- yeah, I think if you're a journalist, you can go. Right, right. But I don't think... Uh, yeah, you, I think you still have to have State Department uh, I think, stuff. Yeah. But I think you can still get in there if you go around about. Right. So so uh, here is from Press TV. So, of course, this is uh, Iranian TV, which is, you know, propaganda. Uh, but there's a nice little symposium, and uh, they have there the guy... The janitor from the World Trade Center. You remember this this guy's story? Rosie O'Donnell uh, uh, was hyping him for a little bit. Uh, he's the janitor from the World Trade Center who heard the explosions from uh, the garage. Uh, saw you know went down there, saw people coming up all blown to to shreds from the explosions in the garage uh, d- during uh, you know the nine eleven, which of course was only airplanes uh, hijacked by dudes with box cutters. And this guy, you know, I thought he was dead. Quite honestly, I, I had no no idea. He might as well be dead. But he shows who was dead. This guy, this janitor, who has this unbelievable story about bombs on nine eleven that no one, no one will, no one will take him seriously. Every a lot of people apparently take him seriously. Yeah, but not. Wait, a, what do you mean when you say no one? You're just talking about what the media, mainstream and the media, State Department, yes, or yes. yeah, yeah, like officials. Officials, okay, that's different. <laughs> okay, yes, I take him seriously. Of course I take him seriously. Hollywood Jeez. discussed and dissected, but from a very different angle. Intellectuals from around the world wrapped up a four-day conference on Hollywoodism. Hold on a second. Intellectuals from around the world? Uh, John, did you check your mail? 
I it may have gotten by. It may be in the spam. It's box. in the spam filter. Is this a robot talking? By the way, <laughs> I don't know. This is be. the third year that Iran is holding this forum to address the massive impact of the U.S. film industry on popular culture and political attitudes. By the way, as conferences go, I'm looking at the video. They need help. They really need help. It looks so boring, and, and you know, and the and the tables are in a U shape. <laughs> oh, this is so wrong. This is not how you do a conference, people. The participants believe they can make a difference. A march of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And this is a former Marine Corps officer. We're making multiple steps here. I believe it's important in terms of dealing with the international and all-pervasive influence of Hollywood. A conference like this is a, a major development, and I'm very glad to be here and to be dealing with many others who are of similar mind. Ten separate meetings were held as participants took turns to express their views on how Hollywood propagates certain ideas through its productions. Okay, so here's the uh, here's the janitor guy. He's uh, I guess he actually he had a little uh, PowerPoint presentation. Looks like oh please, a janitor with PowerPoint has the world sunk that low. How they manipulate an image. How they uh, don't allow the certain truth to come out. The reason that I'm here mainly also is because my story, I am the last survivor of the World Trade Center, and my story uh, was uh, edited and manipulated by the media in the United States. They didn't want my story to come out. Meanwhile, the role of independent media was highlighted. Uh, and here's the, from the best podcast in the universe, John C. Dvorak and Adam Curry, never seen together in the same room, but they were here at the Third International Hollywoodism Conference. Unfortunately, no. We see some woman in a burqa. <laughs> Speak in French. It's important for us to care the effects of Hollywood yeah. and its products. With all the satellite channels. All right, and right. blah, blah, blah. But, right, right. We, but we don't care, lady. <laughs> How's this guy the last survivor of the, of the yeah, World Trade Center yeah. collapse? Well, William Rodriguez is his name. He has a very interesting story. Yeah, including that he's the last survivor. Yes. <laughs> well, come on. It's a, it's a translation thing. You know he means well. He means well. He got a free trip to Tehran, <laughs> by the way. Apparently, yeah. a beautiful place for if, for tourism. Seriously. Well, I know. I, I know this because my my one of my good friends is married to a. Uh, I'm sorry. He's living with an Iranian uh, girl, and she goes back all the time. And he went with her, and they had a mullah. Did I tell you the story that he had a mullah marry them so they could stay in the same room? <laughs> but you know how this goes. So you go to a mullah, a, a, a mullah, mullah, and you call it a mullah. In, uh, mala, mala, you call it mala, I call it mula. Yeah. In uh, in Amsterdam, uh, you know, to get their the official blessing, so they could actually stay because they went. And they, the paperwork, it's yeah, the paperwork, paperwork. They're interested in right paperwork. And so, at a certain point, the guy said, you know, the mullah says, "All right, um, so you know, what's the what is the wedding bounty? What is the what do you call it?" The, uh, what are you going to pay me, dudes? No, 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 no. The payment thing, that's pretty clear what that, the dowry. What that is. Yeah, the, the dowry, exactly. And he hadn't thought, he was like, oh, crap. Uh, he said, oh, well, I just gave her a car. And he was like, oh, very good, very good. What kind of car? <laughs> he was like, PW3 series. Oh, okay. Yes, very good, very good. He's just like, this was acceptable as a dowry. <laughs> a, a BMW 3 Better series. Two goats. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, someone who is not going to the uh, to the Hollywoodism conference is uh, Philip Marshall. I don't know if you heard about this. Philip Marshall, former 
pilots. He was a member of uh, the organization I'm a member of, uh, uh, Pilots for 911Truth.org. And but he's written a lot of, uh, uh, I think, uh, books that have been published, but a lot, you know, all about 9/11. And uh, this is a quite amazing story. He uh, suicided himself, his two kids, and the dog. And and to me, that's always so, such so a, a slap so in the, the guys face. Who came in to assassinate <laughs> yeah. him. They had to kill his dog first. If that's, I mean, it's like we already know that he didn't kill himself. Do you really have to kill the dog to send they us the message? They had to kill the dog to get in. Oh, you think that's that's what it was to get in? It was a reverse order. First, you shoot the dog. I mean, they had when they uh, shot Weaver up there in the Idaho woods. They had to kill the dog. And uh, oh, you're right, Randy. So kill the dog first somehow. Let and then see. go in there and wipe out there. Oh, you go, oh, the damn kids are here. What, what are you uh, going to do? Well, we've got to kill them. Uh, take them out. Even though we watch in the movies, they usually don't kill the kids. Let me see uh, what kind of dog it was. I mean, I, but it, it, I, really, I mean, you look at this guy, you're like, this is not the kind of guy who's going to commit suicide. So what? he wrote one too many books, or he got some yeah. documents, probably was what probably. happened. This was going to happen to you, by the way. Somebody sent him oh, some oh, documents uh, he shouldn't have had <laughs> access to. Hey, oh, by the way, that means you'll be out of his job. I don't know if you care. <laughs> they tracked that. No, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do a, a, a high-end tribute. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> Just keep on going. Like Yoko Ono. I, believe me, I can do clip shows for at least a year. That'll get me at least out of the hole. Even Yoko Ono. Is just, you're going to be living <laughs> off of me for the next century. It'll work. <laughs> it's a, and, it's uh, what Adam would have wanted. Adam, you know, it, misunderstood. Rehearse after me. Repeat after me. It's what Adam would have wanted. It's what Adam would have wanted, the poor guy. <laughs> poor bastard. <laughs> poor bastard. <laughs> Why did they have to kill the dog? <laughs> so they kill the dog, and then they kill everybody. No, so this guy is uh, we probably, that's my guess. I mean, yeah, it no, doesn't sound, I'm most sure. guy, people who are going to you know, kill their kids and then kill themselves if they're, unless they're nuts. Yeah, don't kill the dog. And they usually wouldn't kill the dog. I mean, they're depressed, they're not going to be shooting up the place. It doesn't make no. sense. But this is the whole thing. I mean, it is kids. Yeah, but they just call them nuts. You know, they just say nuts, and that's how they explain it away. This, this I think, has CSS written all over it. What do you say? I don't know what CSS has ever done. I think it could be just something to scare the public. Well, I do have some interesting, a couple of clips here that I think we should get into. Chris Hedges, you know, sued the government uh, on behalf of a couple of lawyers that hired him. Who's Chris Hedges again? Chris Hedges is a writer, a foreign correspondent. He used to work for the New York Times. Very credible. Uh, Wait, is this, this a, the guy who's on MSNBC? He's not on MSNBC. No, he doesn't like MSNBC. Oh, I don't think he's ever okay. been on MSNBC. All right, all right, all right. Whatever the case, he, uh, and I have some clips that need to be listened to. He uh, was part of a lawsuit against the NDAA. Mm-hmm. And he uh, got actually got an injunction against his use. And there's a number of very interesting things that have come. The only people that will cover this and uh, is Russia today and Hedges has a bunch of uh, a bunch of things to complain about now was fact, was was his uh, lawsuit uh, was that the one that the ACLU was involved in as well that where the judge came out and said well you know uh, it's all legal what we're doing here but I can't tell you why because you know no no Mm. I don't think that's the same suit because that's okay. not the way this went down. This was not covered by anybody but the New York Times. Play right. the clip, Hedges NDAAQ. Uh, that it won't harm the power interests that it serves. So the NDAA case was never mentioned on MSNBC mm. because 
the primary purpose of MSNBC was to re-elect Barack Obama. <laughs> and the NDA case would not make Obama look good. It wasn't mentioned on Fox because uh, Fox, this, uh, you know, the, this uh, section of the NDA has bipartisan support. Uh, and it's interesting, I worked for the New York Times for 15 years, that the only established news organization that responsibly covered the case was the New York Times. Uh, and when Judge Forrest issued a ruling, the New York Times uh, ran an editorial supporting her decision. Because the Times still... I mean, it's an elitist organization, and I have my critiques of the Times. But nevertheless, it still understands what is news and what is not. Um, but that, for me, was a kind of frightening moment, because I realized how uh, deteriorated our systems of information have become. Oh, and, 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 he, and he gets paid to figure this out all of a sudden? Hello? Well, apparently well, he, he didn't think it was his... Well, you know, he doesn't listen to our show. No. I mean, most people believe the way he does. That, you know, you can get news if you actually, you know, go out. You want to listen to uh, Brian Williams? He's going to talk about some of this stuff. But nobody talked about this case. But here's the one that here. This is kind of an explanation for it. On um, the clip is this one, and this one you, I actually didn't even know the. I what I took this clip, and then it took me a couple of listens before I realized what what he's actually saying, which is kind of frightening. This is the killer clip, uh, and it's a little long, but it's it's got. It's it's kind of it's very interesting to me. So I just do, for people who are just tuning in, the the NDAA we we do have to you know revisit once in a while. It's the National Defense Authorization Act. Uh, the the after we read the the bill, uh, which we always do on this program, uh, we immediately identified that there were two main issues. One, you can kill Americans. The president, uh, not just the president, the government can kill Americans without process. Because uh, we, we, we're good at killing Americans, even if you do get a trial, I mean, especially in Texas. Um, and then the second part is uh, you can just be uh, black bagged off the street and taken into indefinite detention. These are the main issues uh, besides, you know, the, tr the half a trillion dollars of funding of uh, the war machine. In the Southern District Court of New York, uh, that this was essentially not extending the powers of the government, but... Um, reinforcing existing powers. Now, uh, you know, I've read the AUMF uh, several times. Uh, it's uh, very clear that this is a vast extension of uh, government authority, uh, uh, allowing government to detain U.S. citizens or use the military to detain U.S. citizens, strip them of due process, hold them in military facilities indefinitely. That is just not in the AUMF. And I think that we're seeing, and we just saw the release uh, uh, of a memo, 16-page white paper on drone attacks, uh, which looks like it was written by a first-year law student. I mean, it, you know, I, I can't stand John Yu, but it, at least he could write a coherent legal brief for the Bush administration justifying torture. I mean, it's wrong, of course, but uh, uh, the amateurness of this, you know, it's a completely amateur uh, effort. Uh, and I think it, what we're seeing uh, in this case, in this memo, is an attempt by the Obama administration to justify activities that they've already carried out. Uh, which include the assassination of American citizens, the Yemeni cleric Anwar al-Awaki, his 16-year-old son two weeks later, who was not on anybody's terrorism list. And I think there's strong... Um, 
I have a strong suspicion, and the lawyers have a strong suspicion, that they are already using Section 1021 of the NDAA. Uh, because when Judge Forrest issued her ruling in September, uh, the government attorneys, the day of the ruling, went to Judge Forrest and asked for a temporary stay, meaning put this law back on the books until it is heard in the Second Circuit or the Appellate Court. Now Judge Forrest refused. Uh, they then demanded an emergency hearing, uh, at, this was a Friday, at 9 a.m. the next Monday morning at the Second Circuit, which they got. And they asked the judges on the Second Circuit, in the name of national security, to put this law back into effect, to override a Judge Forrest's injunction. Now the Second Circuit agreed. We always knew the Obama administration would appeal. That was not an issue. They lost. We did not expect them to respond so aggressively. And I, I think that it's fair to conclude that they ex you know, responded with that kind of aggressivity because they're already using the law, uh, probably uh, against uh, U.S.-Pakistani dual nationals in places like Bagram. If uh, Judge Forrest's injunction was allowed to stand, i.e. the law was invalid, and they were holding American citizens uh, and denying them due process, then of course they would be in contempt of court. So um, uh, this is a steady march forward in terms of stripping away our most basic civil liberties. I would say the NDAA, this case, is the last thin line of defense uh, between uh, what's left of our anemic democracy and our transformation into a military state. Uh, uh, speaking of so, so um, uh, he should write a book. You know, yeah. great. I mean, yeah. So he's saying, did you hear what he's saying? <laughs> of course I heard. Well, the, the, just so the judge, by the way, this is the judge who deemed the NDAA, particularly Section 1021, unconstitutional and block and was trying to block it. That's that's the the she now did. I know well, what she's talking about. She did block it. She did. But they, yes. But they, they raced did. back and. Kick your ass. claims that they raced back with such ferocity because they already they already have people. They already had. In other words, they have already. Locked up Americans. Yes. In one form or another, using the NDAA yes. as an excuse. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this, although it's really nice that uh, this New York Times uh, elitist has figured it out. Uh, duh. <laughs> what I'm well, amazing. The thing is, the joke is, is that he his 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 only uh, venue is, is is a book that no one's going to read and yeah. Russia today yeah <laughs> Russia today, exactly exactly which, oh, mean, yeah. which means nobody is even quite there's not even one Nobody's oh. brought this up at all. The no. MSNBC doesn't bring it up no. the Fox doesn't bring it up. <laughs> well, hold on. Then all right, then let me get right into it. Here's well, here's what MSNBC is doing. Here's what PBS is doing. Now I get to play a couple clips. Yeah, go. Uh, here we go. Uh, let's start first with, uh, oh, I don't know. Let's start with MSNBC. Now, the narrative now, okay, has changed. So instead of like this guy, um, uh, uh, Chris Hedges, instead of saying, hey, you know, we're on the edge of our, our, our democratic uh, republic being completely turned into a military police state, which by the way, this, I guess, is what, 15 years, the New York Times, I guess, you know, it takes a little longer to be birthed and wake, woken up. Like, hello, Chris, welcome to the universe. Um, so instead of discussing that, no, we're going to propagate something that we already identified. 
And here it is. We only take such actions as a last resort to save lives when there's no other alternative. So first, let me get a few things out of the way on drones. In general, I think drones can be a useful and effective tool of war. If there's a bad guy, a senior leader of Al-Qaeda, let's say. Who- hey, let's say there's a bad guy. He's like leader of Al-Qaeda. I mean, we, we should be able to drone him. Don't you think so, John? I think we should be able to drone him. <laughs> this, is, this is the entire it's okay motion. And... Most Americans agree with it. This is what it is. We can take out with a drone strike. I say we do it. I am, however, bothered by the secrecy, lack of transparency. Ah, and this is the next piece. As long as it's just like the FISA courts, okay, as long as we have a a special judge who can look at it and say, all in secrecy, obviously, yeah, I think you can drone that uh, that American citizen. Then it's okay with these idiots. And lack of oversight of the drone program. The process by which we determine targets should be detailed and codified. The people who are killed, civilian and militant, should be public information or at least known by Congress so that we can study the overall impact of our drone policy on radicalizing civilian populations. And there should be some sort of judicial branch oversight, such as special courts or the threat of lawsuits after the fact, perhaps. So to sum it up, I'm okay with drones in general, but not satisfied with the current way the program is being handled. Okay, so we're doing pretty good on this. Doing pretty this good is on the drone clip. Oh no, wait, it gets better. This woman, who is this woman? Her name is Crystal Ball. I know. Oh, not Crystal Ball. Yeah, it's Crystal Ball. Oh God, yeah, Crystal okay. Ball. She's a ditz. Well, I'm going to come back. She's I'm on MSNBC. She's on with Touré a lot. Yeah. No, I'm going to come back to her because it gets better with her. But first, let's go to my other favorite. And by Obama the way, Bob. by the way, stop. What kind of a fucking name is Crystal Ball? I know. <laughs> I know. It's like. It's like the worst DJ name in the world. Hey, it's Bubba the Love Sponge here with Crystal Ball. I mean, come on. The, 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 the kids like the, the parents and like, I know our last name is Ball. I've got a great idea. Let's call her Crystal with a K. <laughs> so here's Eleanor, the, the Duchette from Newsweek on the McLaughlin Group. Which, uh, by the oh, way, when I die, I want you to take over that show. You'd be perfect. Because <laughs> yeah. McLaughlin and I will go at the same Wrong. time. <laughs> no, what, what's, his, what's his signature thing? He's always like, Wrong. when we come back. All right. So, so, uh, they, so the main topic, drones. Now, what does Eleanor think? Well, first of all, drones are here to stay. They are the 21st century modern tool of war. <laughs> And in many ways, they are a blessing. A blessing! <laughs> they are a blessing, I tell Much you. Much better than bombers, uh, because they can be more effective and targeted than bomber mm-hmm. planes. Just The hubris of this woman! It's much better than bombs from planes. It's a plane with a bomb, Eleanor. Raining bombs down. Raining is, is raining bombs. Hallelujah! Uh, with an enemy that is uh, harbored in various places in countries where we are not at war with the country, uh, it's the only way you can really get at them short of invading that country, which we did uh, and discovered that isn't so hot. So I-, so I love this. So she's saying drones are good because we don't want to be like George Bush because, you know, we don't want to invade a country because that's like George Bush. That would be really bad. No, no. We're just going to kill people from the air. I would say they, they, are, they are a blessing. But a blessing. But they bring all sorts of ethical and moral Concerns, and there should be some sort of judicial review. Uh, and the the program that's 
appears to be the most troubling is the one run by the CIA. So you hear this again. It's, they want, just like the FISA courts, which is the warrantless wiretapping on Americans, they just want to have some judge somewhere who go, like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, no, that's... Yeah, some seems, judge in the pocket right. of whoever. Yeah, that seems like the right... The rubber it. stamping stuff. He's yep. a rubber stamp yeah. judge. That's what yeah. he's going to be. Let's yep. face it. They're not going to have any judge saying no to anything. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, give me a break. Why would they have it? I mean, I mean, what's the point? There's, there's and no... So, mean, and the, the thing, and there's also kind of this... She doesn't like the CIA's involvement for some reason. So this sounds like talking points because both exactly. Crystal Ball, yeah. if that is indeed her real name, and <laughs> Eleanor essentially said the same, same thing. Same thing. You want to hear more Crystal Ball? Oh, yeah. Because, I do. Oh, yeah, because now Crystal Ball is going to compare our president's great drone program to everything. Uh, so she's going to do a good and evil. And this, of course, is good, and everything else, everyone, everyone else does is evil. It, it was just astounding to me. There is something about this drone debate, though, that is driving me nuts. <laughs> That's, That's obvious. That's obvious, Crystal. driving me nuts. <laughs> That's obvious. And that is the charge, mostly by Republicans, that if you feel any different about the drone program under President Obama than you would have under George W. Bush, you are an utter, hopeless hypocrite. So this is, I was waiting for this. Because, of course, you're an utter hopeless hypocrite, obviously. So, you know, now how are we going to explain this away? How are we going to say that if this, when the drone pro program started under George W. Bush, uh, only it's been accelerated to the nth degree by George W. Obama, uh, why is the media so complacent and so happy with it? Let me ask you a question. How would you feel about a Madeleine Albright panel on women and body image? Okay. What does that mean? What kind of a weird insult was that? It gets better. Okay. Now, how do you feel about the Larry Flint panel on women and body image? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about your kid in Dr. Ruth's sex ed class versus Todd Akins? Do you feel different about Warren Buffett penning standards for financial ethics versus Bernie Madoff? Of course you do, because you're normal. But according to the Republican <laughs> logic used during this drone debate, if you feel any different about the Madeleine Albright and Larry Flint panels, you are a hypocrite. So, so I guess someone wrote what? this. Yeah, so someone wrote this. Right? She's having a hard Somebody time reading it. it. I don't even know she read it right. No, no, and, and she's going to – I want you to listen to her stuff through the rest because she really is she doesn't understand what she's saying but someone wrote and essentially said well you know this is the the difference it's like obama and bush i guess is what they're saying is like bernie madoff to uh buffett, buffett is like madeline albright fat ugly woman versus larry flint fat ugly woman and, i mean it's like you know, pornographer, I guess he's bad. I guess he's a horrible, horrible man because uh, uh, he publishes uh, pornography. And it's not even porn. Penthouse is not porn. No, it's softcore. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's sexy. There is, it's sexy. Uh, so what is, so her point. Well, let's, let's listen to some more. Maybe we'll understand like, the it's point. It's an interesting, what she's trying to do is an interesting attempt to make a point, but it's really lame. Yeah, it gets lamer. Look. I voted for President Obama because I trust his values and his judgment. And I believe that he's a fundamentally responsible actor. Get on the train. You're first. Here he's you go. an actor? Yes. <laughs> he's a responsible actor, John. Well, she must be talking about the second Obama. President Obama because I trust his values and his judgment. And I believe that he's a fundamentally responsible actor. He should have a, a, an Academy Award, I feel. <laughs> 
I'm telling you, first on the train, crystal ball. Without gratuitously slamming next President Bush, I think he displayed extraordinary lapses in judgment in executing his primary responsibility as commander-in-chief and put troops in harm's way imprudently. President Obama would have exercised better judgment, and he has exercised better judgment. The way it stands now, the drone program is exclusively within the domain of the executive. Their protocol, their judgment. So, yeah. I feel a whole lot better about the program when the decider, so to speak, is President Obama. It's not to say that, again, the process shouldn't be codified, that there shouldn't be oversight. But really, is our standard so low that we would only grant powers to the executive that we would trust in the hands of a man who misled the nation to get us into a war we never should have been involved in? What would George W. Bush do? That's our standard. We would never allow a power to the presidency that we wouldn't feel comfortable giving to George W. Bush. I think we can raise the bar a bit from that. And just for a little perspective, let's keep in mind that the president does have the unilateral power to drop nuclear bombs and destroy the entire planet. Do you feel the same about George W. Bush having the nuclear codes as you do about President Obama? Call me a hypocrite, but I sure don't. I mean, to okay, me, hold on a second. mind blowing. Hold on. Stop. Mind blowing. Stop. <laughs> In the name of love. Clip of the day. <laughs> really? Wow, that's so kind of you. Although, I was expecting this. Clip of the day. You know, I don't mind that Did MSNBC in, you know, has has a, a she, one she true is, she, she agenda. She should be ashamed of herself. And, and, and General Electra should mean? be ashamed of itself she for having this. No, she should not air. be ashamed. She should be happy and proud. She did a great job. She got through it without too many us or ahs. I think no, she did no. pretty good. She, no, she, she was blo- She was, comparatively, was a terrible read. Compa- no, <laughs> it was. It wasn't very good at all. By the it way, wasn't very wasn't sincere. This she is sounds like a, like a a, a, soror- a sorority girl from USC. <laughs> no offense to you, USC listeners, but you know what I'm talking about. You yeah. know what I'm talking about. Um, it's just horrible, horrible, horrible person. Uh, and and by the way, that is a an actual television term when we say, yeah, that was a horrible read. That's literally how you say it in television. You know, how that was a great read because most people on television are reading. Uh, no, she's reading from a prompter. Yeah, I would assume. Oh yeah, no, she had. No, a, I don't think she was reading from a sheet. She had a hard. Uh, she had a hard. It was time a horrible getting, read. It was very uh, hard time getting through it. But so yeah. so yes, the talking points are obvious. But but the only thing I need to point out, and this is important because this is what's going to make you, uh, as an eavesdropper on this conversation, feel much better. This is going to compounding at you continuously. Most Americans agree. We like the drones. They're a blessing. <laughs> That's my favorite. They're a blessing. Hey, at least it's President Obama who's got his finger on the button. At least, you know, at least it's him. He's a responsible actor. This is, this is the pounding you're about to get. So, uh, you can now, uh, immunize yourself and be prepared for the onslaught when it's coming. Mainly so that you as a no agenda producer or listener don't get incredibly pissed off. You know, this is you have to zen yourself because it's coming. It's going to yeah, be no, really, gonna really be big. A lot of this, this is going to be, be coming big, in from every which big. way. Might as well wrap it up with my last, which is the journalist uh, hedges talks about. You know, the journalists are actually probably could be, would be, and they're definitely not exempt from being targeted <laughs> by Section Ten Twenty One. Right. Well, I, Bruce and Carl, the lawyers, approached me to be the plaintiff uh, because, as a foreign correspondent for twenty years, I spent uh, time. We counted them up with either seventeen individuals or groups that are on the State Department terrorism list, including Al Qaeda, 
and there's no exemption in this provision for journalists. So uh, I have literally sat in vehicles with al-Qaeda members who are now spending the rest of their lives in prison. Um, number one, of course, that means given uh, the current state of drone attacks, I could have been incinerated. Uh, and number two, uh, if I am printing, as I was, articles that uh, present the viewpoint of groups that are deeply hostile to the United States. Have I substantially supported, this is the language of 1021, uh, al-Qaeda, the Taliban, or what they call associated forces? Uh, that's completely open to interpretation. Uh, and uh, people who uh, have a kind of hostility to the role of a free press, which is to prevent or present uh, viewpoints that are inimical to our own, uh, certainly uh, would not shrink from branding me as a fifth columnist or a closet supporter of al-Qaeda. And I speak from experience. I covered the Civil War in El Salvador and Nicaragua for five years during the Reagan administration. And because we were traveling frequently with the FMLN rebels in El Salvador or the Sandinistas in the battle against the Contras in Nicaragua, we had numerous officials within Washington denouncing us as fifth columnists, as supporters of terrorists. So I've already heard the rhetoric. I already know how it goes down. Uh, but this essentially uh, goes beyond rhetoric and empowers the state not only to brand you linguistically a terrorist, but treat you legally as a terrorist. Yeah. Well, hello and welcome to 2013, my friend. I mean, do you have to go to Harvard to understand this stuff after 15 years of working at the New York Times that you're screwed, that as a journalist, that this is where we are? You better get well, yourself I think what's interesting is that he finally came to this conclusion after getting involved in this right. lawsuit, which nobody covered. Well, we, and we nobody wants covered. to cover. Nobody will cover. Nobody's going to cover this. Nobody's going to pay any attention to what this guy said. Nobody's going to even notice, and they're just going to go along on their merry way. Uh, and then people will start disappearing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, what happened to Brian Williams? <laughs> How come he's not coming in? I call him at home, man. I called his cell, and he wasn't picking up. What am I supposed to do? What are we going to do? Get the other guy in here. Get that crystal ball in. Let her take the anchor. I have two She's words on our for side. You. She's a good girl. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, here's our president. This is the only time that the, the press covered the drones. I have two words for you. Predator drones. That's right. When it was about... Uh, what band was it that he was threatening again with Predator Drones? Uh, some the Boys on the Block or who knows who. It's just some point. <laughs> the, the Backstreet Boys? No. Yes. Uh, whatever. Hey, the only way, Nick, the only way that you're going to be safe from drones is when you are a celebrity judge. Win, lose, or drone. That's right, Chris Hedges. Why don't you come on down? You can be our celebrity judge. You are immune, my friend, as it's time for us to play Win, Lose, or Drone. That's how you. That's how you'll be immune. You got to get on the game show, buddy. That's how it's going to go down. Meanwhile, if you are a uh, if you're a kid, and uh, if you are uh, just you know mussing or mucking around, and you, uh, you you make up a kill list of your own because you know that's what the president has. Six thirty eight p.m. Around dinner time Friday night. Middle School Administration. All it took was a phone call. Working on a discipline situation. For parents to lose their appetite. Today a report of the threat was brought to the administration. It was a recording by the Eatonville Middle School principal informing them a student wrote a kill list targeting 10 others. <laughs> I, 
think we need one too. He's the killest. I want my own. Kid, a five-year-old. He's got a kill list. Here, I guess, a little bit. And assuring parents like Crystal Nickra their kids were safe. Yeah, it was scary, but I think they covered it really well. It's big news. Such a small town, you know? The principal asked parents to keep their kids off social media. I've just been mentioning it here and there. <laughs> but many can't help it. 13-year-old boys don't have the best judgment in the world, but our officer felt that, that it was serious enough that we needed to follow through. A 13-year-old kid. Some 13-year-old kid who's Facebook. having because he's a teenager yeah. and hates a bunch of people, yeah. including some girls. I've got a kill list. Wrote a kill list because it seemed like a good idea at the time because it would be fun. Yeah. And, of course, the president does it. Yeah. Exactly. Jeez, the president does it. Why can't I do it? I mean, I got the I got the little the little drone model, the the predator drone off the Amazon site. I mean, come on, that, you need a kill list to go with that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's been a bunch of weird uh, news stories about kid, uh, these high school and middle school kids are going crazy. Oh, I know, I know, and 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 it's and it's one to the other. It's just. You know, the, the, the kid's got a little bubble gun that shoots, you know, soap bubbles and aimed yeah, at it. Yeah, oh, no, it's shaped I, like a gun, though. Yeah, well, of course. What it's... happened to the days, of course, I harp on this, <laughs> when they used to have rifle clubs. You I, know, I, kids used to learn how to shoot. They learned gun safety in high school, which is a good time to learn gun safety. Because that's when kids, if they get a hold of a gun, they're, they they, handle, they mishandle them. And mm-hmm. people accidentally get shot. Yeah. So gun safety is a good thing to teach in schools. But no, we can't teach gun safety because guns, by definition, are horrible. No, they're not. This is what we do. They're only horrible in the wrong hands when they look scary. Ah. Yeah, it's uh, you know, Miss Mickey is so sweet. You know, she did she did something really, really sweet, but at the same time, very tricky. She uh, so she's cleaning out the office because uh, you know we're moving in eight days, and she uh, and she finds like some note I wrote to her. Was uh, it a kill list she found? <laughs> she found my kill list, and uh, and she says, "I love you so much. I'm going to give you your Valentine's gift now." I'm like, "What?" She bought me a. Not only did she buy me a great gift, but now you know. Now it's now. Now I have to do something for Valentine's Day. It's a trick. Oh, these women! <laughs> it, it's a beautiful. It's so sweet, and I love her so much. But she tricked me. And, you know, of course, now I'm like, oh crap! How many days do I have? Four, three, really. What did she get you? Yeah, no, it's just a. It's a. It's. I'm not going to tell you because you'll only ridicule. It's a it's a beautiful gift. Is it, it up it, for ridicule? Is it you, so no. you're shy about telling me because you know I'm going to like laugh or I'm, I probably I, I'll, here's the deal. I will say nothing. Promise. Promise. I will say nothing. Okay. You know, the reason why is because you are the most insensitive, unromantic dude I know. Huh? Yeah. Or at least you. Uh, is that is that your setup? No, but that's that's why I know you would just ridicule my gift. I I, I consider myself a normal male, <laughs> and this is what's wrong with America, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is exactly it. And I'll take a picture of it. I'll show you later. To be, it's, oh. it's an art piece. It's a beautiful art piece that you you can't oh, describe it's a art. Photo. No, it's not a photo. Oh. It's uh, it, you know, she should take photos and give them those away. It's a physical. Uh, it's a physical art piece. It's a beautiful it's a piece giant of dildo. Art. See, this is what I mean. This is exactly what I mean. There's something romantic. There's something beautiful. John's like dildo. <laughs> I said I didn't laugh. I just said it was a dildo. Yeah, yeah. Right. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, no, you're wrong. It's not a dildo. What? Why would you even think this? 
<laughs> you disgusting man. So uh, talking about thinking weird stuff, what is the point? I, I, I was just watching C-SPAN again. Yeah. Out of the, in fact, I probably have a clip of it. Here. There, she actually drops the bomb at the end here, and I went and looked all this stuff up, and I'll be darned. She's right. Read, uh, play Sigtarp. Sig, Sig, Sig Tarp, but here's what I'm going to here's what I'm going to recommend to you, Charles. One of the things that in the, the earlier caller caller raised this. One of the things that you can start to track who who we are investigating where there's been something public, like a criminal charge, an arrest, someone that has actually been convicted and going to jail. And we put out press releases on all of those. And I'll encourage you to go to our website www.sigtarp.gov and look at that. And what you can do is you can actually sign up to receive our press releases. And so that you can see each time we do this. And like we said, 120 people have already been criminally charged as a result of our investigations. SIGTARP, Special, Special Inspector, Inspector General, General for the Troubled Asset Relief Program. And you go down to press releases. There are tons, tons, oh. I'm telling you, of bankers who have been arrested and are in jail. And this has been going on for years. Since 2011, I've got a banker right here that's in jail. Wow. And why are we given the meme that no banker has gone to jail? Well, let's see. Uh, so February 1st, we've sent uh, a chairman of debt collection agency sentenced to five years in prison. Yeah, but he's not a banker. There's bankers on this list. When you go down the press releases, there's all kinds of them. Huh. Uh, <laughs> okay. Former United Commercial Bank officials charged with securities fraud. Uh, former Buffalo Housing. This said, you get, unfortunately, they got everybody in here, so you have to separate the bankers. Wait a minute. So are they the ones? Because it says former here, Colonial Bank senior vice president sentenced to eight years in prison. Nice. But they I mean, all it goes on and on. So, so I'm looking at this, and she was on talking about what she does. She's the Inspector General. This is Christ, Christy Romero. Yeah. yeah, and she's talking about all the all. The, she mentioned what 180 arrests. Uh, it's like, mm. why is the meme? And this is for years. Why is the meme out there? No bankers have ever gone to jail. You know, after the collapse. Now, a lot of this wasn't because of the collapse. This was because of of TARP when they saved the. But the original TARP, I think, was during the collapse. These there are bankers in jail. Let's start with that. I think what they would like to see is the guy that's the head of Goldman Sachs in jail. But that's not going to happen. Hey, Christy Romero is kind of cute. Yeah, she's a little serious. Well, and she one eye is a little uh, what lazy is a lazy eye. Yeah, it's looking a little off center there. But she's kind of cute. Yeah. Well. Well, no, I I like my uh, I, I you like, like my, your investigators I to like be my, cute. Yeah, I want it to be like uh, you know CSI. Come <laughs> on, I want them to be hot looking. Okay, but so she's also taking she's also taking credit for the one billion dollar fine uh, against the Bank of America. Is that also this outfit? Is she doing yeah, that as well? Yeah. Really interesting. What's her What's her story? Uh, she was actually in a bunch of different. She used to be. She's been, she's a government hack essentially. Lifetime, or she? Let's, uh, you know, lifetime. She, I think she's a lifer. Hold on a second. Consult the book of knowledge. I got to take a look. I mean, this is. I'm surprised you don't already have a link ready for me about her. Does she have her own uh, wiki entry? Yes, she does. Uh, no, she doesn't. The hell is this? She doesn't have her own page. Well, she's not a big, she's not a pro, high profiler. In fact, obviously, we think there's no bankers that have ever been arrested and put in jail. She, the, the public relations aspect of SIGTARP is, 
I think sucks. it's a, I, you know what I think this is. I think this is. I you know how every time there's some some wire fraud that's done by a computer hacker, this is a known fact amongst the computer community, especially the high end guys. Yeah. Every time there's like a, a breach and somebody steals like you know a hundred million dollars from the system and then gets away with it, yeah, never gets publicized, right? No, because it will encourage people to uh, you know take a look at the possibilities here. I think this has been. I think this is purposely covered up, not because it will scare bankers or keep people out of the business or 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 make people look. You know, if you see all these bankers getting thrown in jail, you'll think less. You, you'll have a, a not pleasant thoughts about your own banker. I, I think this is a complete reverse publicity stunt that took place right under our noses and nobody's picked up on it. Well, but honestly, you know, it really it, it's not like they've done a great job. No, but they're, it's ongoing. I mean, by the time this is done, there could be a thousand people thrown in the slammer. And by the way, oh, never mind. What? I was. <laughs> what? I was you noticed that you didn't find uh, this woman in the Wikipedia, but I think Crystal Ball is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gee, I wasn't looking up Crystal Ball. I was yeah. looking at uh, Miss Romero here. She's very, uh, very interesting. She's she's very low key, very low key. So Crystal Ball. No, the, screw Crystal Ball. I wanted the Crystal Romero is more a my type. This woman, it says. <sighs> Crystal Ball. I'll get going. No, I'm looking at here. Let's maybe there's a I'm here the special inspector general. There must be some kind. Of, here we go. Special inspector general nominated special where she prior to being sworn in, she was positioned to as deputy special inspector. Okay, got it. She served as chief of staff from July. Okay, what did she do before then? Oh, she she was at the SEC, eh? Oh, so she right, picks, yeah, she, she was so working she, as so a lawyer. Picks, okay, so she picks and chooses her targets. Come on, John. This is she's no hero. She's a, I never she's said a, she was. I'm just telling you that there's bankers that have been arrested. No. That was my point. Okay. Yeah, there's bankers that have been, been arrested, but only the guys who are troublemakers. It's like play there along with the game. There have been bankers who have been arrested, and the meme is bankers have not been. No bankers gone to jail. You saw Correct. the movies. Correct. Right at the end, no bankers ever gone to jail. Yeah, this it's is incorrect. That's what I'm pointing. Out. I don't care about this woman. She's just another government hack. That's what I said. She's yeah. a permanent. She's a lifer in the government. Right. She comes and goes from here to there and whatever. Okay, so, what so got it. I'm, I'm in agreement. Step back. So I don't like your analysis of why. This is what I want to work on. Because you know, the movie, I saw the movie too. I thought the documentary was great. The thing that bothered me, Matt Damon was doing the voiceover. That to me right there says this cannot be a clean documentary. So, I would agree with that. And then obviously he's an Obama bot. Yeah, so Big let's, time. So let's, Big ste time. let's step back for a second. Why is, the meme be why is the meme being propagated? I'll tell you one part. The media is stupid. So okay, they, well, <laughs> that's one. So, the, but the show has the, our show establishes this. Yes, but but that's why it's like no bankers gone to jail ever. But how come Matt Taibbi, a Rolling Stone, who is who is apparently the hero of revealing all that is wrong? I think that it is meant to keep us busy, keep our wheels spinning, and and in, at the same time, definitely you got to throw some guys in jail because they were they were obviously. You just gotta, even if you're on the bad side, the, the mob kills their own all the time. It's like, eh, why take the risk, right? You gotta, you gotta off why some guy. Why take a chance? You gotta off the guy once in a while. And just gotta take care of some business. But, um, 
I think that this is one of these successful memes that was launched, and the media just they're they're stupid. It just shows you how lame it is. All it is is crystal balls reading teleprompter. That's that, that's what the news is. So yeah, well, this is a very good find. And do they have an RSS feed? Can we subscribe to their? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Let me try. Go to this website. It's, you know, it's one of those eight million dollar websites. No, it's, no but feed. It's, but every no. time they do anything, they send out a press release, and nobody apparently gives a crap. I want to be on the list. Up on any of these press releases. Yeah, I want, but I want to see. There's no fuck, and I can't believe there's no RSS feed of their press releases. You know. Why can't we get a gig in D.C.? We'd be so good at just a couple of these things. We'd be, be, you know, can you imagine the two of us consulting on this sort of thing in D.C. and what we'd turn into? (laughs) Rich! Well, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Rich! Beyond our wildest dreams! We'd be, we'd be, but they, again, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hey, John, I'm in the Maybach. John, douchebags, that would push us over the top. John, I'm, listen, John, right. listen, John. When I'm calling you from the Maybach, okay, then then we'll worry about what we've become. <laughs> Maybach. <laughs> Have you watched House of Cards? By the way, Have you, are you familiar with this phenomenon? I know about it, I, I, it's all been released. I have not uh, downloaded an episode yet. Um. This it is, is the Netflix show. Yes, yes. I show they've ever done, and it's got Kevin Spacey, who was, I guess, one of the producers, and he decided to act in it so he could, you know, get somebody to watch the thing. Let me tell you something. Uh, Kevin Spacey, I mean, well, Kevin Spacey is an interesting guy because he does all kinds of um, experimental stuff. And I think this, this show, besides the fact that it's a very, very well-written show, well-produced I'm totally into it. I think Netflix is genius for releasing the whole series in one go. Screw it. Do it. This is um, definitely, this is going to frighten Hollywood, this stuff. It really is. It's, it's fantastic what is happening. Of course, the only problem is I'm still getting my internet through the Time Warner Cable. That's you know problematic. Um, but it's it's really, really good. Genius. But what's you need to see this because I think it depicts Washington... You know, you know, with the lobbyists and and the dealing, the it is exactly what you would want to see from one of these political shows that you can't get from the compromised, um, you know, West Wing, Aaron Sorkin bullcrap. Um, you know, what was the uh, what's that HBO series with Jeff Daniels? That's all bull. This the is the newsroom. The newsroom. You know, uh, Veep. Shit is bad. You know, this is all, it's all, this is, I think this is really credible. I mean, it, it comes pretty close to just the a-hole crap that goes on. It has nothing to do with the, with the citizenry at all. You should, well, you should give it a try. No, I'm not going to, I wasn't not going to give it a try. I intend to watch it. Yes. I just haven't, uh. I haven't got the Netflix thing working through the system. I, you know, I <laughs> it's so complicated. It's, the uh, Netflix like little, thing. I, you can, a little, you know, it's you just can, a lot of work. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> put a wire. You know, in. you it's, can it's, get oh, it, a wire. It requires a wire, really, John. What is it, an antenna? What are you doing? No, I gotta put plug in the Netflix. I gotta, I got a Roku box which I use. Or I, no, actually, I'm using a Wii U, and <laughs> the Netflix is running on that. And I don't actually have an account. Uh, you know, JC's got one, and it's Mimi's got one. It's five dollars a month. 
Well, we, who needs how many accounts does one family need? We've got two. So uh, I just funny. haven't gotten around to it. I'm going to watch That's the funny. thing in its entirety. That's so funny. Or maybe I'll just watch two of them. It's like Portlandia. Yeah, you don't have to watch the Which is an outstanding show, but it's like two episodes. You're done. Yeah, but this is this is what's so great. It's, you, know, you don't have to do a marathon. You just watch one or two, and then you go back yeah. the next day when you're feeling like it. You know? I mean, you're drinking some of that moonshine. Apparently, you've never uh, sat down with a f- any member of this particular family. Uh, no, that would be because... When they uh, start one of these things, invited. we sit for 24 hours and watch the whole thing. <laughs> Let's watch another episode. It's 10, it's 11 o'clock. No, come on. It's only going to be 40 minutes. Just watch it. You know, and there's three, it's four in the morning, and, and we finally go to bed. And are you it's, all it's on... horrible are you all Are you all on Adderall while you're doing this? Are you all, like, <laughs> popping pills and, like... No, green tea, my friend. <laughs> green tea. Now, do you sit at your house in San Francisco and you watch do you watch no, you no, start I'm simultaneously we go through these marathons oh, okay. all right. I don't like watching Wait a television minute. I Wait volunteer a C-SPAN all the time and anyone's around you know they go oh god, oh, god. <laughs> so when when you're together then what you guys do is watch movies you don't like go you know skeet shooting no, we don't go or, skeet or shooting nature walks <laughs> have nature walk. do you call me Biff yeah Biff <laughs> Biff? Yeah, it's your new name. As in Biff. As in Biff. Oh, you bring bring Daphne. We're going to be shooting the shotgun today. Biff? I take it. I shall wear it with pride. Biff. Wow. Okay. All right, then. Skeet shooting. <laughs> I don't know. Doing some, something outdoorsy. Nature walk. Yeah. Hold out. Shell hunting. I don't know. Like it's cold out. Hey, you know how far are we into the show and we haven't thanked our executive? Do we even have an executive producer? We have two actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of the highlight of the uh, donation segment, which is not up to par. No, but it's okay. We got two uh, good executive producers. Not okay. No associate executive producers at all. But David Foley from Los Gatos, California. I want to thank him for coming in with five hundred third five hundred eighteen dollars and thirty three cents. Uh, he, uh, it's 485 for show 85, although it's show 86. We got this for plus 33.33 for a podcast license. Please check, but I believe this gets me to knighthood. Recently had the good fortune of huge gains in my stock portfolio. Hi. Sharing the wealth with the best podcast in the, unfortunately, he says world. Wow. Hey, you know, um, the universe, I, universe, my friend. So, first of all, thank you very much for sharing your good fortune with us. Uh, you, as you know, um, this is your choice. You don't have to donate. We really appreciate that you're doing that. Uh, you might want to also just sell all your stock now. I have a feeling that, the, that now might be a good time. Actually, I've I have an interesting new theory. Shall we do our, our second uh, exec yes, yes, before I'm we get into your theory? I, I'll remember. I'll remember. Thomas, the uh, Sir Thomas. Pulliard, uh in Jafar, I guess. Oh, in Menomina. He's Menomina. 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 Last two shows have been great, especially 484 with JC doing lots of strange voices and sarcasm. Huh. I should work on my sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like and calling me names like Biff. Let me start by saying every time I hear a donation from El Cid (laughs) in Sepulpa, Oklahoma, I have to chuckle. My last visit to Sepulpa 
was for a party that lasted too long and culminated with painful consequences back in 1988. <laughs> uh, Those czars and drones back then, I would... Uh, tasers. Or ta oh, tasers. I'm thinking czars. No tasers and drones. I would like to have my university student daughter, Heidi, added to the birthday shout-out list. She turns 20 on Monday. I will also mention she is studying journalism. <laughs> well, she's taking the vow of poverty then, that's for sure. If she's yes, going to be a real journalist... With this donation, 3333, which is what it was, nice. this will be the second knighthood in less than one year. Awesome. If I may, please pass my second knighthood onward to my daughter, Heidi. And she should be known as Dame Heidi of Bulgaria. <laughs> Wait a minute. She gets the whole country of Bulgaria? No, she's Dame Heidi of Bulgaria. Oh, there, of she Bulgaria. First to her uh, origins. Okay, let me write that down. Dame, Dame Heidi of Bulgaria. I need to write that in. Otherwise, I don't want to do the, the, the daming incorrectly. No. And he needs the uh, don't look over here. You will obey JCD version and uh, job karma uh, top up, uh, top off. 73s and 88s. Yo, same to you, my friend. Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at you that. You will obey. You will obey. You will obey. You've got karma. Nicely done. He's the, uh, Sir Thomas is the guy in Bahrain. Bahrain, yeah. yeah. Who, who every once in a while writes us and says, you know that riot that showed on the news on the CNN? He says, <laughs> that was nothing. I, I, was, I was there yeah. shopping. Yeah. There wasn't anybody there. <laughs> I was shopping. <laughs> He says there was yeah. nobody there. These these all these riots and these reports from Bahrain are bull crap. Yeah. So and with that changes, he'll let us know. And uh, as a PR mention, I want to announce that the first compilation CD has arrived at noagendacd.com. Um, by train. <laughs> yes, arrived by train. Um, and this so so you can download. The actual binary CD files and burn these CD discs. They're ISO, ISO. files. ISO, yep. Yeah. Uh, but also downloadables MP3 files. So he's created compilation CD, uh, and this is we find is a, is really a fantastic way to hit people in the mouth. Uh, it even has artwork that you can print out and uh, paste on the on the CD. The January 2012 Alpha Disc is the full intelligence panel Zero Dark Thirty review critique. Um, which, of course, you know, we received the movie uh, as a, a preview. The beta uh, CD discusses the EU's media pluralism, a great piece of work, uh, if I don't mind saying so myself. Actually, great commentary by uh, Daphne Dvorak. And the Gamma CD for January 2013 is our conversation on defining the middle class. So they've made interesting choices, John. Uh. Well, that's good because outside editing is a, is useful. You see things from a different perspective, and you put it together because it's important to you. And and these will become great evergreen episodes for us to go on vacation. <laughs> yeah, I'm very very happy about this. Yeah, well, once we get enough of them, we'll definitely go on vacation. <laughs> oh, I don't. We don't want. We, <laughs> we don't want too many because then you know that's that's the easier it is to kill me. Don't give John uh, too much to to run on. <laughs> yeah, Daphne, Daphne Yoko Dvorak. 
I think Dead Dead Dozen would be good. All right. So noagendastd.com. And, of course, thank you very much to our executive producers. Uh, This is the way it works, a value-for-value model. You don't have to give anything. This is the choice. This is what – it is your choice, which is really nice. It's completely free. If you want to support us – We don't do the show – and charge you to before you listen to the show like the movie industry does. Can no. you imagine if the movie industry had the model that we use, which was free will, and you 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 go see the movie, and then if you thought it was any good, you give them money. I'm sure Avatar would have still raked in a ton of money. But there's plenty of movies. You get that movie sucked. I was I just threw away twenty bucks, forty for the family, fifty with the crappy popcorn. I threw away fifty bucks for this movie. There's the, they're locking you, and it's actually very unfair, I think, to the market. And, and they make you do it in a dark room with other people who smell bad. Well, I mean, think about the value we give you. You get to sm- sit in your own smell all by yourself, whatever you're doing, whatever, however you feel comfortable. Well, most people are in trucks. Yeah, <laughs> with gun racks. Hey, howdy. Welcome to the show. So thank you, uh, David Foley, uh, soon to be uh, Sir David, and thank you, uh, Thomas Pulliard, uh, who has passed on his night to his uh, uh, daughter, uh, the budding journalism student. She'll become a dame of uh, Bulgaria. And, uh, of course, these are official credits. You can put them on your IMDb. We will vouch for you, and you can always do one important thing. Grab a CD, go out and propagate the formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Before we move on, uh, just well. Before we move on, we have to mention Dvorak.org slash na is a point of idiot. Point of Dvorak an entry. That is that is your only necessary point uh, point of uh, port of entry. Is it point of entry? Port of entry. I think port. Yeah, port. Port. I'm sorry. We did that great great lineup. Sherry of entry. I mean, literally, it was like I had the foreplay and then I forgot to put it in. Am I am I stupid or what? No. Yeah, just forgetful. You just forget. You know, this we, is a, we do this show in real time on the yeah, fly. It's very yeah, difficult. Yeah. Very. There's not that many p- superstar professionals that could do this. And there's no prompter. And there's no prompter. So remember we had the conversation about the Dutch politician who said you should save money by peeing in the shower? Do <laughs> <laughs> you remember? Yeah, the goyim. I don't know if he was goyim, but... Something interesting happened, and I was, and I just want to pass it. I want to ask the audience, the, the, and be honest, and maybe you will too. Maybe I think one because we had that conversation kind of out there, and you know it was discussed, and I'm pretty sure everybody pees in the shower anyway. Um, do you feel less guilty about it? The other day, I, I mean, I. I I said, I, the other day I asked Are Mickey. You, do you actually mull it over at that level? Well, it, 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 Mickey made a joke which made me think about something. Because I said, did you take a shower, hon? She said, yes, I peed and I blew my nose in the shower. And, and for her to say that. Oh, that's kind of gross. I was like, I wonder if, if, if somehow some taboo was broken where we just now openly discuss what we're doing in the shower. I don't think, you should, I don't think, it's, this, I don't think it's something that should be discussed. Well, it's not something you'd normally discuss, but because it came up in a political slant, and I just think that maybe I was just wondering if other people are, you know, if listening. No, that's the audience will answer that question. It didn't change my attitude toward peeing in the shower. You still do it, I presume. You haven't stopped. Well, now I put a target up. 
Okay. In the morning. Right. I have a little fun. <laughs> Actually, those little birds that you and they spin when you hit them. I forgot to mention uh, artwork on the previous show, uh, episode four eight five by Thorin. Thank you so much. Uh, NoAgendaArtGenerator.com is where you can uh, find all the art for every single episode. And uh, a grouse from Dame Kathy. Um, hey, uh, listening to Thursday's show where John said women never donate the show number amount. Uh, hello, episode 482. I did just that. So. I was mistaken. Yes, you were. Um, can we talk? At least we got to hear from Dame Kathy. Can we talk manhunt for a moment? Manhunt. Manhunt. <laughs> so, well, here it is. Finally, we have what uh, the this current administration wanted. We have uh, exactly the kind of guy we want on the loose. Yeah, that guy. It's exact. <laughs> it's. I'm telling you, it's exactly right. Um, so, of course. Hey, well, hold on a second. I'm assuming you're going to probably, probably go in the same direction. This is the entertainment value of this administration. Hi, well, so here's this is better than a TV show. Well, I'm expecting Woody Harrelson to pop up at any moment to be the a hole <laughs> LAPD cop. I mean, you know, this is this is a Woody Harrelson script, and so it, I, but, totally Woody Harrelson. But what do totally. I? But what do I love about it? There's a manifesto. Yeah, yeah, well, let's. let's I get to, hard on this. You know me. Some background to people that don't know what the heck you're talking about. Okay. So the background is. Uh, well, yeah, you give the background. I got the analysis. Okay, I read the guy, manifesto. Some character. What's his name? Do you have his name? Yes, I do. His name is Chris Dorner. Yeah, Dorner. This guy Dorner was uh, is a kind of a. I guess he's a mixed race guy that was in the L.A. He's police department black. or county John, sheriff. He's one black. Of the two. He's not mixed race. He's black. Well, he looks mixed race. Anyway, so is he? Was he sheriff's department or, or, or L.A. L.A.P.D. Okay, L.A.P.D. was fired, and he thinks it was like two years ago, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand nine. Hey, so fired. so far you're doing none of the so information. You're doing great. I'm working it out. This is where we do it. So this guy gets fired. He thinks it was bullcrap that he got fired for some reason. And by the way, they're reopening the case on him. Yeah. By the way, I have all the. Just give us the background. I've got the and story. And the guy decided to <laughs> lay in wait and he killed he killed a cop and some other people and his the right. daughter of the chief okay. of police. And okay. Just a bunch. Okay. And then he went on the lamb and then he burned up his truck and ran into the jungle. John, you you know if I had known any better, I think you're just sitting at home with your hand in your pants like Al Bundy watching CNN because you nailed it. That is exactly what has happened. Okay, so he, but of course, he left a manifesto. And you know me, I love me a good manifesto. And you like reading them. Oh, I love reading a manifesto. And And of course, we we, would, generally speaking on this show, we seldom believe that the manifesto was actually written by the person. uh, And that, and if he's killed before he can explain himself, then we know it probably was written by somebody else. And to show me that it was nuts so we could kill him. Well, uh, and if it was written by him, I'd be surprised. My ana- but- my analysis in this case is this was written by two people. Okay. Yes. Uh, and uh, one, I I think it was totally written by Chris Dorner. Um, and so and and I'll and this, this is the second part that is so obviously written by someone else. It's it's hilarious and it comes so out of left field. So I don't want to, you know, I, I'm not, you know, you, it's only 16 pages, so you can read the thing for yourself. But I can give you the 
the the gist. And and what's interesting to me is what is not being discussed in general on the news and uh, and how uh, this guy is being portrayed. So if we take his manifesto at its face value, um, this this guy sounds like he was a pretty decent guy, and uh, he sees. An L.A. Uh, police officer, and by the way, I've received so many emails from former police officers, current police officers were saying, what this guy wrote makes total sense, LAPD, bunch of criminal, sadistic a-holes, generalizing, of course. But you know, he saw one of his fellow officers kick a witness in the face, and he reported him. And he said, you know, that was not okay. It was totally uncalled for. And, of course, you know, and this is the whole Woody Harrelson thing, so you can totally see Woody, Woody Harrelson doing that. And uh, and so then he uh, he got you know, bullied, I would say, which kind of fits in the whole thing. Uh, he got bullied by the force and then, you know, eventually got kicked off. But, you know, it was, they called him nigger, and, you know, and they, and they, but they kept doing that just to, to mess with him. And then, and then he has this whole story about the lesbian faction of the LAPD and that they're really frightening and that they're so evil to men and just like the whole, it, it, it fits the image exactly of what you would think. In addition, he says no one knows and no one has reported on the fact that the same cops who beat Rodney King have now become captains in are running you know squads of 200 police officers you know and and this is all in the manifesto which nice. anderson cooper by the way received uh, a dvd of with some of the video of testimony and you know uh, because you know he obviously thought anderson cooper was a straight up guy or that he would report on something you know keeping him honest whatever big mistake there so and you know and he's like this is, he said, it's so unconscionable what these people are doing. He says, the only thing I can do is I, I cannot fix it through the legal system, and I'm paraphrasing. I cannot fix it, you know, by, by doing the right thing. The only way I can fix it is by killing these people because they're evil and I have to rid the, the earth of them. <laughs> that's, that's really what's in his manifesto. Now, yeah. the, now here's where it gets crazy because all of a sudden, in the middle of this manifesto, which I'm reading, I'm like, oh, my God, you know, this this is an American hero. He's trying to rid, the, which is exactly what the Obama administration wants. You know, we love, what a great story. It's got every, it's got a racial angle. It's got a, a vigilante, homegrown terrorist angle. But, you know, the only thing that was missing was, oh, and there, it was written in there. He literally says, there's no reason why I should have assault weapons. This is crazy that I can have what? a 50. Yes, in his manifesto. He's like, this is crazy that I so can he have a. change the topic just to throw this little piece of publicity, a little piece of uh, propaganda in the middle of it. Right and they in the middle. expect nobody to notice this is bogus. I mean, it's, it's almost, it was almost like written in different handwriting with different ink. You know, if, if that's, that's how, how different it is and how it jumps off the page. I'm like, Oh my God, this makes no sense. And then he goes into how beautiful Michelle Obama is, and I really oh. love her, her, her new bangs. <laughs> yes, I'm telling you, it's crazy. It is. Here, hey, let, let me, while we're let, writing this part here, Bill, what do you think? Here, uh, we're going to put a plug in for the for the misses. Let me just what well, Michelle. No, listen, listen Michelle? to this. Yeah, let's do that. That whole thing is hilarious. Listen to this for a second. I just have to. So, so, so this is like halfway through. And he's gone through this whole thing about how evil these guys are and that he's going to take care of it. And he's, and he's just got to rid the world of these a-hole cops. And unless they completely come clean on everything and, you know, send people to jail, he's just going to keep killing. And he knows he's a dead man walking, but he, he's like, I, I can't live with myself. This is what I've chosen for. I, this will be justice well served. And then 
if you had a well-regulated assault weapon ban, this would not happen. The time is now to reinstitute a ban that will save lives. Why does any sportsman need a 30-round magazine for hunting? Why does anyone need a suppressor? Why does anyone need an AR-15 rifle? I mean, seriously. And then Mia Farrow said it best. Gun control is no longer debatable. It's not a conversation. It's a moral mandate. Senator Feinstein, you are doing the right thing in leading the reinstitution of a national assault weapons ban. And then, you know, blah, 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 blah. Then right after that... uh uh, he's talking about racism. No one even questioned the fact that the son just made a criminal threat towards the president. He's talking about Romney. You call his wife a Wookiee. Off the record, I love your new bangs, Mrs. Obama, a woman whose professional and educational accomplishments are second to none when compared to recent first wives. You call his supporters, whether black, brown, yellow, or white, leeches. FSA, so now he's talking about the racism uh, against the president. So I'm sorry. This was written by at least two people. And the whole, and what's crazy is that the whole first thing, and these cops are freaked out. So they, 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 they see someone who, they see a car, they think it's him. They riddle this car with 60 bullets. It's some woman and her daughter going shopping. They're like machine gunning this thing. This is how freaked out they are. And this is, it just imagine Woody Harrelson trying to kill all the cops. You know, you know it's not going to end well, but he's going to, he's going to pick off a couple for sure. Now, of course, we have to. Well, dis- you know, it's we have like to dis- they'll probably find that he did. You know, he did burn some of his own gear when he burned down his his own truck. He probably is going to resort. I he, a couple of things. One, he could just disappear. You know, he if he spent over two years, uh, maybe three. He spent at least three years. He he, he obviously dreamed up a. Uh, Can I just escape? Was, stop! 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 Can I just say something? Okay, you have to now. This is an African American. All right, I have lived and I am. I am half African American. I am, my ass is so black. I have lived with African Americans. I have lived in the culture. And the, this is not a white dude. White dudes burn their, this is why that was bogative. White dudes burn the truck, go in the mountains, through the snow. No, no, no. Not the black man, John. He's sitting in his Barco lounger watching this thing on TV. He's chilling, drinking a beer, waiting for his next opportunity. The black man is smart. He is not like the idiot redneck who's going to go run around in, in the woods waiting for the drone to come catch him. Not how I this never was, say was running around the woods. That's where he disappeared. I believe. I I don't. I mean, I think it's fine that you know a black man. Yes. But I, I I think more importantly, <laughs> I is know that this more guy, than one black man. This guy, I don't believe he went to some barca lounger and he's sitting around drinking yes, beer. Yes, yes, I he think he chilling. had a, a complete plan. Yeah. He wasn't, you know, he was an educated man and he, and he, an escape route and he is not anywhere to be found. He, he might be sitting on a barca lounger, but it's not in the LA basin. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. He is right in the zone. He's waiting. He's right in the zone. This guy, first of all, he can't go anywhere. The guy's 250 pounds. Everyone knows what he looks like. He's not going to be walking around. He's chilling out. He's waiting. And he's going to strike. And the cops know it. And they know he's right, by the way. Now, I'm generalizing, but I'm pretty sure we can say with uh, with some um, uh, with some authority that the LAPD is a cesspool of corruption and uh, poor anger management and uh, and hurting people. And uh, I would say most of my black brothers and sisters in L.A. will be the first ones to attest to that. I've lived Only in Los Angeles. I've lived in Los Angeles. It's crap. And I'm getting 
emails from police officers. Of course there's good cops. Of course. Obviously, I'm generalizing. But wow, the LAPD specifically, specifically. So I think the guy's a hero. I don't like the way he's doing it, but, you know, he, he, he has the right idea. This is what's going to happen. This is how the Civil War starts. This is not an insignificant moment, this guy. This is not an insignificant moment. And that they try and spin this with, you know, the assault weapons ban. Oh, well, okay, that was well written, well played. Uh, unfortunately, the mayor is not even bringing, he's not even bringing that up properly. Where is it here? This is a very sick individual, as uh, we uh, can see by the, uh, the three people he's already killed, the one seriously injured. And see, he's already saying he did it. You know, the news media is not even saying that. The news media is saying allegedly. He's right. He's in it. The Ma- Villa Gosto is just saying he did it. Uh, and the threats that he's made to everybody else. Uh, I give no credence whatsoever uh, to anything this man says. Yeah, especially the part about, uh, you know, uh, the Rodney King uh, cops having made captain and running the show. <sighs> it sounds right. And as, as you already said earlier, they're reopening the case. Chief Beck has directed that the Los Angeles Police Department uh, reopen the investigation into the allegations that Officer Dorner made while he was on the department, those, res- those allegations that resulted in him being terminated. So what do you think? Is, uh, is, is that um, sincere, or are they just doing that just to really somehow say the guy is off his rocker, even what he wrote in the manifesto? Is no good. <laughs> what, what do you think? You think? <laughs> I think they're sincere about investigating <laughs> to see what do you if think? I think that they're going to come out with some report saying it's all <laughs> bull crap. The guy was nuts. He had mental problems. He was checked into a psych ward. His known fact: he was violent in the locker room. Nobody liked him because he was a nutball. And they're going to have it's going to be a whitewash or a blackwash, as it were. And he's uh, going to. He's not going to find anything. It's not going to. Not if what everyone says is true that the whole place is just rife with corruption. That would mean even the the, the investigation is going to be corrupt, so it's not going to happen. I mean, we could put money on it, but I'm pretty sure I'm, that's what's going to be the yeah. case. Yeah. Those lesbian officers in supervising positions who go to work day in, day out with the sole intent of attempting to prove your mis, misandrist? M- mis, m- misogynist. No, he says misandrist. Well, he spelled it wrong. Misandrist authority. To degrade male officers, you are a high-value target. That's right. Shoot the lesbians. Those Asian officers who stand by and observe everything I previously mentioned, other officers participating in on a daily basis, but you say nothing, stand for nothing, and protect nothing. Why? Because of your usual saying, I don't like conflict. You are a high-value target as well. Those of you who go along to get along have no backbone and destroy the foundation of courage. You are the enablers of those who are guilty of misconduct. You are just as guilty as those who break the code of ethics and oath you swore. Citizens, non-combatants, do not render medical aid to downed officers, enemy combatants. They would not do the same for you. They will let you bleed out just so they can brag to other officers. They had a 187 caper the other day and can't wait to accrue the overtime in future court subpoenas. As they always say, that's the paramedic's job, not mine. Let the balance of loss of life take place. Sometimes a reset needs to occur. And it's re- it's, this is a good read. It is something you should, I mean, it's, 
It's, Are you going to have it in the show notes? Of course. It's jarring um, to read this, but when you read that cops let you bleed out because they know they're going to get paid overtime because it's more paperwork, and oh, that's the, and by the way, I know some paramedics who will uh, tell me the truth if cops are like that, not just in L.A., but in other places. You know, and 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 by the way, they're just they're just human beings who become completely enslaved to the corrupt system. Well, I'm, cops do. Uh, they're basically enslaved to overtime. That's for sure. Yeah. You want to see a bunch of cops get irked to uh, take away all overtime for police officers. And I feel bad about. I I feel really horrible about this because I I have friends who are uh, law officers. I have friends who are in all forms of government. You know, so it, the generalization is where where you go wrong. But holy moly, I mean, it really has gotten pretty pretty bad. This well, we've state. never heard anything good about the Los Angeles Police Department. And, and how? Where did that come from? How did that happen? How does that happen? Well, you can go back to those old movies. I mean, they used to portray the L.A. Police Department as <laughs> because of the movies. It, it, it happened in the movies. No, I'm just saying you can go back to those old movies. I think those are mostly pretty much documenting the problem with the L.A. Police Department. It goes back to the founding of L.A. L.A. is a corrupt place. It's logical that it would have a corrupt police department. It's corrupt in all kinds of different ways. I always get the biggest kick out of talking about the way people are in L.A. and they can't tell the truth for more than a couple of minutes. You know someone who can tell the truth for a couple of minutes in L.A.? Okay, you're right. Oh my God. I, I couldn't find anyone. Who is that? I'm, just, I was, I'm hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just so this whole thing, um, this is I, I, it's kind of a red book thing. This is not insignificant. This is... This is the start of something that is we're going to see yeah, more of. I think of. they're putting all their efforts into tracking this guy down and killing him before it, before it catches else. on. Before you know, their t-shirts and people are like, "Go, man, go!" Can you imagine? Because he's black, dude. The black community is probably going, "Yeah." Do you know what this kindles in a place like Los Angeles? Los Angeles is a is a tinderbox. Yeah, that's what it does, and you know, and. And this is what they've been practicing for with their military crap and their helicopters and their shooting and shooting over cities. This is this is exactly what it's for, for the manhunt. It's for the freaking manhunt, dude. Did I say dude? Yeah, I didn't comment on it. You know why? I'll tell you why. We had an interesting uh, guest over uh, fr- uh, Friday night. Is it Friday night? Yeah, Friday night. A couple of friends came over for a last little dinner party here at the house because we're leaving the house. And uh, it's one of these where, you know, it's like, one, yeah, we're bringing along, you know, my boyfriend or whatever. I'm like, I'm a private person. Like, I, you know, I, and I said to Mickey, I said, what? You know, You're a private person, you said? Yeah. I'm a very but you don't mind person. talking about peeing in the bathroom, in the bathtub. Yeah, but in my house, I, I don't just want anyone in my space. Oh, okay. Go on. Yeah, you know me. You know that I'm kind of a, like you. you know, I like to archive. <laughs> I like to scrapbook. I'm just, an archivist. I'm an archivist. I like to scrapbook and be left alone. And uh, so, you know, guy comes over and, uh, and you know, he seems like a nice nice enough guy. You know, we're talking and, and I say, what's with the tattoos? And he says, oh, yeah, that's a Tesla. And he has Tesla's face tattooed on his arm, but like really beautiful. And then Gandhi... And Elvis was he, was he dating Tesla? Is how old is this guy? No, he wasn't dating Tesla. 
Okay. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. So, and so I'm like, oh, Tesla, you know. And then so we're talking because, of course, Tesla is you know the unsung hero of uh, radio, of uh, uh, of of true forms of energy, of wireless electricity, all kinds of great stuff. Uh, but particularly the radio stuff is very, very interesting. And I said, no, what do you do? He says, well, you know, documentary filmmaker. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, <laughs> don't you love it? Do- documentary filmmaker. I'm like, okay, Mia Farrow, what are you doing? Uh, he did. The uh, DMT, the spirit molecule. A deafening silence. This this was a very successful documentary. Uh, I've never heard of it. So his name is Mitch Schultz. And there was a book called The Spirit Molecule. And uh, and he went on this quest and, and in five years did this documentary on, you know what DMT is, obviously. Dimethyltryptamine, to be exact. Correct. And have you ever done dimethyltryptophene? Tryptamine? I don't discuss drug usage on the show, but I can say with with uh, honesty that I've never actually used DMT. Okay, I have. Uh, yeah, I know you, you brag about it. Well, I'm not bragging about it, but it's the only other drug that I've done outside of marijuana. And, okay, well, it, and it qualifies as pretty much everything else. What do you mean? I mean, if you did DMT, you've uh, from all descriptions, it's pretty much like everything. I mean, it's like a, a massive. Uh, it's like doing mushrooms on top of acid, on okay. top of well, this, on so, top of mescaline, on top of peyote no, mushrooms. So what, you don't know anything. So you, so you, you could probably take, do anything. You could yeah. probably right now. You could be stoned for uh, all I know. In fact, <laughs> in fact, I smoked some DMT just before the show. Yeah, well. um, but this and Rogan is in this. I think Rogan kind of uh, Joe Rogan. It's, it, you should get the... Joe Rogan? Yeah. yeah. He, it's the name of the drug? No, the the podcaster. He talks about DMT? Yeah, he's in this. You'll like it. You will uh, like this documentary. Well, I mean, get on with the story. Well, that's that's how we got into this whole dude thing, because you know this this the audience knows what I'm talking about, and you haven't seen this, and you the if you have ever taken DMT... And which I highly recommend you do, John. This will change your outlook on the universe in general. Okay. Are you now writing? Are you writing drug use? Are, no. Are you writing it down? Memo to self. I'm looking at smoke, Mitch Schultz. Smoke so some DMT. <laughs> it's like clean up office. Smoke DMT. Take some DMT. <laughs> I would just say, yeah, I'm, I am, I am, this, by the way, you don't get synthesized stuff. You know, it comes from a plant. So I'm, I'm perfectly okay promoting the smoking of weed. I'm perfectly okay with promoting the smoke, with eating mushrooms, although I've never done it. You know, it's a natural thing. Do whatever you want. I'm just saying every person in their life should have at least once experienced DMT. This is not, you know, I did it the three times in my life and I have no, uh, urge to go and do it again because I know that I am on DMT all the time. That's the whole point of the documentary. It's very deep stuff. And this is why I never tell you anything personal or with feeling or romance because you ridicule. No, I don't. You're ridiculing right now. But this is very, very no. important. <laughs> yes. This is very, very important. So this guy... No, I can't say this for sure. I have to, I'm not, he's on LinkedIn, so I'm looking at him. Yeah. So I see he's got tattoos all over his arms, and he's bald. Yes. He's a writer, director, culture architect. Well, it's funny because he said that he, he used, we, we laughed about it. He said, I used to suck corporate cock for a living. 
I said, oh, that was my job, too. And, you know, he had all this, like, agency. He's done a lot of agency stuff. But he gave up to do this documentary, and now he's, you know, he's, he's doing documentary on Tibet. He's doing, uh, you know, and, and he made money on this. He gave, he, he had a 40% back to his investors. How's his style? His style? Yeah, his documentary style. Is it any good? Yeah, it's, it's very good. It's very good. Okay. Yeah. No, you'll like it. I wouldn't recommend it to He's you. He's gotten 40% back to his investors? Yeah, for, uh, profit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's not bad. Yeah. And, um, yeah, no, he's um very interesting guy. But that's why I said dude. But anyway. Did he, uh, uh, does he drink wine? He does. Indeed. Uh, okay. he, he, uh, he was very interested in the No Agenda Moonshine, which I offered to him. Did you give him a straight shot of it? No, I cut it with water, uh, mainly because I'm just stingy, because I, I'm out. No, no, you'd kill us. You'd kill somebody <laughs> giving him 180 proof. I'm out. I need another bottle. I haven't heard. Have you heard from the from our... our from, our, from our distiller? From our moonshiner? <laughs> from our distiller? <laughs> Have you no, heard from the, from the distillery recently, John? No. No, Biff. But I, I expect <laughs> you shortly. Biff, Biff, listen, Daphne. I will have none of this. So anyway, uh, yes. Uh, so great. It, it, whether you decide to experiment in it or not, I would recommend watching this documentary and reading the book that it was based on, which is not his book. Um, the documentary is just is uh, will give you all you need to know. It's really good. Okay. I'm hoping. Fine. Would you do some DMT with me? No, never. Really? No, not in a million years. You'd never do it or just not with me? I wouldn't do I don't know. Why would I do it with you? What are we going to do? Kiss? <laughs> Find somebody else. Mitch, maybe. It's, you don't understand. Kiss your new boyfriend. You are really, really misunderstanding DMT. Yeah, it's, it's not ecstasy. It's, it's not like, hey, John, let's do some E together. No, no. I love you, man. I really love you. It's just, uh, in fact, it, next time, here, and I'll get off the topic. Next time you're up with the family, instead of watching, what is it you watch? Parks and Recreation or whatever you're watching with the family. Yeah, that's it. Instead of, Try to watch all of the Parks and Recreation because this show is so compelling. Instead of watching that, just do DMT with the whole family. That awesome. would, I'm telling you, it would, it, you've homeschooled your kids. Come on, this you can add this. This is great. Okay. So anyway, onward. Onward with some like maybe some topics of that people will care about. I think people really care about this. <laughs> you sound like it's like you you're finally getting your you know your thing you stop smoking the pot and now you're you're reminiscing about old drug days. Ah, oh, you know, it's great. Everyone should use it. I heard that about all I'm saying, not one drug in the world has never had one of these, you know, these acolytes. It's you're, on, you're, on about how great it is. You're misunderstanding. The world would be a better place. You're misunderstanding what I'm saying. So I'm going to just say it one more time. Once you understand, and I think you will even understand from uh, uh, viewing the documentary that your consciousness is the only thing that keeps you from seeing through the matrix that has been created around us when you i know you were already there because you do this freaking show with I me twice disagree, a week because the no agenda show accomplishes the same thing yeah but dmt only lasts 20 minutes yeah this this fucking thing goes on forever well <laughs> so we talked about the last show 
Yeah. The bond collapse. Yes. I'm very curious because I'm and reading. now. Oh, no. It's got a name. It had. Oh, yes. I can play it. I don't. Don't say it. I can play it. Clients to get ready for the bond apocalypse. <laughs> the bond apocalypse. UBS is planning a mass mailing to many of its brokerage clients, alerting them that they have been reclassified as aggressive investors following a recent change in its market outlook that some people inside the firm say reflects growing bearishness in the bond market, particularly over the long term. So, Max, yeah. why are they reclassifying clients as aggressive? If you were a client or if you were the broker sending out this letter, what is going on here? Right. Well, when you open an account at a brokerage firm, per the laws of going back to 33 and 34, the know your customer rules, you have to fill out what the profile of the customer is, whether they're conservative, whether they're aggressive. And typically, if they are conservative, then they would migrate over to the bond market, which are perceived to be conservative investments. However, now that we've had round after round of quantitative easing, and you've created this enormous bond bubble here in the UK and in the United States and around the world, the sovereign bond bubble, UBS knows that the bond apocalypse is upon us, that bond prices like in 1994 will drop not just 25%, but 50, 60, 70%. So they're preemptively going in and they're reclassifying all their customers who have checked conservative bond investor. They've just without really having a discussion with those customers. They should be telling those customers to get out of bonds, but instead they're just changing the classification of those customers from conservative to high risk so that when the bonds collapse, as they most certainly will, then they can claim, well, the customers indicated that they were for risky investments. So they're preactively making a legal maneuver ahead of the lawsuits that are coming their way because they put them into bonds knowingly that they will collapse. It's amazing that the bank is is treating their customers again this is another mis-selling scandal this is the mis-selling scandal of 2014 this is the ppi scandal of 2014 this is the um you know name the scandal of this year interest the, rate swap selling the, the interest rate swap scandal of of 2014 this is a huge scandal we're seeing the birth of a massive scandal right now ubs a, a crooked bank in a crooked country with crooked bankers committed crooked fraud once again so so, um, bond apocalypse. What happened to Venezuela's bonds with the devaluation of their uh, peso? I don't know what happened. Or shekel. Well, they devalued uh, 43%. Yeah. So, does that do anything to the bonds? I mean, I, I'm, I'm... Oh, now you brought up another topic. Um... Well, should we start with... Let's stay with, the, with bond apocalypse. My problem with this clip is Max Kaiser... Um, yells too much at me. Actually, Max Kaiser has gotten into. Here's let me. Here's what I think is going on with this guy. Uh, I think he's on a lot of trends, and I think he's right in in, in pointing out that there's criminal activity going on. Yeah, but th that's the like shouting saying, thing. I'm yeah. absolutely convinced comes from Jim Cramer. Oh yeah, he's, yeah. Jim Cramer makes more money on CNBC shouting yeah. and going berserk right. on his show, whatever it is. Uh, I forget the name of it. But anyway, Kramer yells the whole time, and, he's, and he does so well, and he's so popular. People really love watching him go crazy that I think Max Kaiser's trying to be Jim Kramer. Right. And it's ruining him because it's not his personality, and he's, he's uh, 
is he's actually more of a cynical guy than than uh, Kramer. Kramer's just a stock nerd. Well, I like I like his general message. I like, but then when he starts yelling and yelling, it's like you know, it's much cooler in his case because he he is a he's a mainstream whore. I mean, he, he goes on all the mainstream shows, so uh, that's always suspicious to me. It's just suspicious to me. And I'm still waiting for the huge, you know, it's like Max Kaiser's like, oh, JP Morgan, you know, there's the, they can't deliver the physical silver, the physical silver, the physical silver. It's going to, it's going to go to 80. I'm still waiting for that. Yeah. He's, uh, well, he's a gold bug. And he sells gold and silver on his website. And yeah, that's a gold is, bug. That's strike and, two. Yeah. I agree. I'm not saying that this is not. I'm not going to argue against any of these points. I agree. He shouldn't be shouting like he does because he's ineffective. If he was an effective shouter, that would be okay, but he's not. He's an ineffective shouter trying to be like Jim Cramer. It's obvious to me. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't like gold bugs telling me what to do because they have a vested interest. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the things about our yeah. show. If yeah. you go on and on about gold, it's not because we're selling gold. We don't have anything. We're not selling anything. We're selling the show. <laughs> I am selling some DMT, by the way, after the show in the foyer. <laughs> He's got bottles of it. <laughs> bottles, so, uh, yeah. Straws. Anyway, uh, yeah, what's strike three then? Well, there's no strike three. I still like him. I still no, like you, him. You actually, strike three would be that he shows up on too many mainstream media shows. No, that, so that was two. That was two. No, that was, that's, that was no, one. No, I thought you had three because you no. had, you had uh, shouting. Well, no, that's not a strike. You had and you had showing up on too many TV shows. No, that's three. No, 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 no. Even Time Warner gives you six strikes these days, okay? So I'm just no, going to okay. say. We'll let him slide. The shouting is okay. It's the showing up on the mainstream TV shows all the time, like Alex Jones, which you, then you're try you are being used, willingly or not, you're being used uh, as a puppet to show that alternative media are idiots, Okay, that all actually we are the mainstream, of course, now, but that's a little secret. So doing that is you're only doing it for your own ego and maybe to sell might some be more, doing it to sell a book or some golden shekels. Yeah, exactly. To sell a book. Exactly. I mean, that's one of the things that well, I should do this. People always ask me, I had somebody telling me I should do Ted. <laughs> I work my way because I know Chris Anderson. Yeah, but I, I said, why? What would, what would I what would I bring to the party? An eighteen minute crummy speech. I got nothing to sell. Shall I tell you Where's something? Where's my book? Should I tell you Which, something again, funny? We can no, no, talk no, about. no, no, no. I want to tell you something funny. I was at uh, uh, at Halcyon yesterday with uh, Mike and Jane, who listen to the show, producers, and they're talking about doing a Kickstarter to help John get a book published, any book. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> just print something. Just print something. They're like, we'll do a Kickstarter, just to, whatever. We don't care. Because they're, they're waiting. They're like, where's the egg book? Where's the, where's the salt book? You know, where's, where's the book with no agenda art? Where's the, where's the cycles book? They're excited. They want to do a Kickstarter crowdfunded to have you publish any book. Any book whatsoever. I'll get back on the stick. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. I thought it was very cute. It was. I, mean, I can. I get all these great things in the in the can. But I'm just saying, people lo love you so much. They have such deep respect for you that they're willing to go raise. It's now. It's like you're not homeless. Like they're willing to go raise money to help you pu publish the book because they know that there's you know there's obviously some mental mental issue. <laughs> That's true. I have some mental issues I, I can't resolve. No amount of drugs or, or psychotherapy seem to help. Anyway, I, I would participate in that. I'd be like, yeah, let's, this, this is a great Kickstarter. Okay. So let's go uh, on, back to the cycle that you were supposed to remind me about. Onward. 
Uh, let me see. But there's one other thing here. Well, so the bomb apocalypse. Um, which you say is possibly coming in October because that's a good time for it to happen. Uh, October would be good, and March of 2014 would be good too. Both of those are great months for crashes. Uh, and you, I, because I, I had listened, and you said, you know, the, the more multi-millionaires and billionaires are going to be created in this bond collapse. But you know, then I hear Max Kaiser, and I immediately get heebie-jeebies, like, oh, now I don't feel like I want to invest in some downward spiral, all of my hundred dollars. Well, the funny thing is, you know, logically, I think anybody who's been in the market for very long knows that the, it's a bubble because you cannot, the bonds can't go any higher because unless they, right now they're paying such low interest that right. if they go. The only way they can go higher is by paying lower interest, but they're almost at zero. Yeah. You have to start so, collecting interest. Like, hey, you got that bond, you owe me. No, really. If you go any <laughs> higher, that means you have to be constantly giving them money. Yeah. You know, instead of instead of them paying you dividends, you have to pay to own the yeah. Well, you know, your subscription uh, needs another renewal fee here, buddy. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> you gotta pay some more. <laughs> it's like an extortion scheme. So that's right. not going to happen. And the, the thing, and we do know that real inflation, according to the shadow stats guys, around 10%, is not being reflected in the bond market. And so once it gets reflected, uh, it would say to me that bonds could collapse up to 90%. Question. Could go down as much as 90%. Question, question, question. So let's say, in theory, let's say that I could, uh, I was, I wanted to get a mortgage, which I can't, which they won't give me. But let's say, in theory, uh, would this be a good time to get a mortgage or a bad time to get a mortgage? I think it'd be a great time to get a mortgage if you could get one. But Which the is banks, why they won't give the it to me. Banks all know this is coming. Yeah. That's why they're not loaning money. Right. So, well, the interest right. rates are the lowest ever. Yes. Try to get some of that cheap money. You yeah. can't do it because the banks won't give it to you. Because they know that when everything falls to crap, that they're going to lose out all this money on those loans. Yeah, they're going to be. Yeah, they're going to not collect but because they can collect maybe six, seven, eight, nine, ten percent. On loans, if they give them after the bond collapse, right? Because so that, that, that's sit on how the money, and they don't care. Just sit on it. Because the only time in my life when I had a mortgage in the uh, in the late eighties and nineties, I think my, I think I was paying ten percent. Yeah. Back in those be. days. Could be. This is how smart I was. So I bought the house for four hundred thousand dollars MTV days with a twenty thousand because I didn't have enough money. Twenty thousand dollar balloon payment from the owner, which I I did pay off. Uh, and then he died like a year later. I'm like, crap, that was dumb. Um, and uh, and I sold the house for four hundred and fifty thousand, I think, in 1999. That house today, before the collapse, it was like almost two million dollars. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> typical. Two million, and now it's still seven eight hundred thousand. This is right. me. This is this is my financial prowess. Yeah, well, you don't. You're you're a, you're like a uh, sheep, li- a lifer renter. You're a renter. <laughs> And I don't think that's so bad because I get to deduct half, no, you half like of the you rent. You feel much more comfortable. Uh, and, you, yeah, you're using it mostly as an office, so you can deduct yeah. you know, as part of the fees, and which I'll, you can I, do with a house, too, by the way. I'm, I know I'm going to wind up eating cat food. I know I know where it's headed. That's what everyone will. Yeah. It's a, you you and I? Droned. It, <laughs> I'll be eating cat food in your house, which you'll own. So what? So, uh, well... We have extra properties. We can put you up in one of them. Oh, thank you. Um, You're so kind. So uh, while we're on this this stuff, Kaiser had a guest on who was going to talk about apparently Bill Gates, who I now believe I'm now believing he's going to because Buffett is really his mentor now. Yeah, 
And he's been hanging around with Buffett for so long that he's starting to, and I think he's pulling away from the vaccinations and all the other crap. And he's pulling toward the game of financial uh, manipulation. I mean, he's at some point, Buffett looks like he's having more fun than Bill. And so uh, I believe he's going to, so he's made the observation that there's all kinds of problems ahead, a potential trade wars and some other uh, currency. The people are starting to devalue the currencies, their own currencies. The Japanese are trying their best to devalue their currencies. And, and, and why, and before we get to the clip, why do you devalue your currency? And how do you do that? Because people just talk like so easy. I'd love to know. Why do you do it and how do you do it? Well, the way you, how you do it is problematic because you try to do it. You don't necessarily accomplish it, but you do it by selling your own security short against some other currency. So you'd buy a lot of euros and sell a lot of dollars on the currency exchanges. And that would force the euro up and your currency down. Uh, if you did it, but sometimes they fight on the other side, they do the same thing and nothing happens. You just waste a lot of time. Right. So the currency war, this is actually, this is the nuclear war. In fact, in Venezuela, it's called the nuclear option. Once you get into a currency war, then it's, it's literally like computers. It, this is how these are computers fighting against each other. Cause it's not like buying pieces of paper, truck pallets of dollars. This is computers, right? This is one computer against the other trying to hit the trades at the right moment. It's high frequency, big money game. Am I correct? Uh, the way you do currency trading is beyond me. It's for the high, it's for the expert experts and it's usually done by governments with computers. Yeah, I know, but I don't know if they do high frequency. I don't know what their methodology is, but this is what you want to do. You want to try to sink your own currency. They're, now, this guy talks about how the Brits are trying to sink theirs. They've already done it once. And the reason you do it is for because if you're in if you're in this global economy mm-hmm. where you have to you have to you know so Caterpillar has to sell tractors to China and China has to buy uh, or sell uh, tractors to us. So a Chinese tractor comes over here and a Caterpillar tractor goes over there and it's all then, you know, it's paid for in whatever currency. If your currency is is weaker, you can your prices are lower. Right. Of course. You're so more, you more exports in your economy goes better. Right. And the local people, just because your currency is weak doesn't mean I'm paying more for a loaf of bread because my the loaf of bread price goes down and I, I got less money. So it evens out at the local level. But on the international level, it. it is where it's fundamentally different. But more importantly, do hookers start to look better? They start to look better when the economy starts to collapse. Okay, so this is not what we want then. Well, depends. (laughs) (laughs) Take me into the clip. So this is trade wars and how this could all fall apart because it's not necessarily, the the way this all works always is a downward spiral and ends up kind of screwing. It doesn't, everybody. Yeah, it screws everybody except the bankers. Is that basically the system? That might be true. Right. Get a clue. Trade wars, trade tariffs, quotas, all kinds of surreptitious taxes creeping in around the margin. And if you're a complex modern multinational whose operations are highly leveraged and structured to each individual country's advantages, and of course the exchange rates, and of course the trade policies and regimes, guess what happens if all of a sudden these barriers start springing up? An efficient multinational becomes an inefficient, unprofitable disaster. 
if the currency wars morph into trade wars, and Gates may be sensing just how dangerous this phase is becoming. But moving home to the UK, you know, this is a country that devalued very dramatically in 2008, and arguably it needed to. Now, this is a financial hub, London. The UK's economy is hugely dependent on it. When the global financial system faced a crisis, it was only natural that sterling would get whacked and fell about 25% in trade-weighted terms. But even that has not led to has not prevented stagnation. Even that has not led to any real recovery in the UK. The UK is failing to recover. They're going to need to devalue again. They have every excuse now that Japan and other countries are also doing it. It's only a matter of time. And if the current government wants to get reelected, they'll probably get on with it to try and create some jobs sooner rather than later. Huh. Well, okay. Yeah, I see. But the, the, there's a different problem there. I, and just from where I stand is the UK makes nothing. They, they make nothing. They make financial products, so that's why there's nothing. It's not going well. There's, there's people walking around with nothing to do. They make the rover. Oh, don't get me started. But you, you know what I'm saying. It's like you know, six, 60 million people on that island. They, they pretty much don't make enough. Well, they figure that maybe they'll start making stuff if they... But they go on. This thing lasted forever, and I can just summarize a couple of points. One of them is that they've already tried to devalue, and it didn't do any good. And they, both these guys came to the conclusion that, you know, well, it didn't work that time. Let's devalue more. You know, it's just like this crazy, you know. <laughs> keep you, doing it. Keep doing it. And it doesn't work ever is the, what the point is being made is that these things don't work. You no. can't control things as much as you'd like to. Whatever the case is, it's all going to lead to no good. But I did come up with a new thing on my cycles that you were going to remind me about. Hey, John, uh, let's talk about that thing about cycles I was going to remind you about. It's possible that we won't have a collapse until 2017. What? Well, no wonder you didn't let the b release the book. You would look well, pr here's pretty the stupid. Deal. No, this is in there. This is in the book. I do have oh. this this element. This is the this, the scenario. For, but I never thought about it. I wasn't thinking clearly. <laughs> this is the scenario from from 1850 to 1860 uh, when we had gold, uh, something to the equivalent of $30 trillion in today's money of gold into the economy, keeping it from collapsing like yep. it should have collapsed. Yeah, but hold on a second because that created a whole bunch of jobs because it was physical labor to – There was that too. No, you got jobs and you got wealth, and the wealth came out of the blue. Right. So it added it, – it buoyed the economy. The natural gas fields in North Dakota and the big one off of the uh, Monterey Peninsula and all the other ones and all the shale oil and all the shale gas and all the crap we're doing today is the exact same equivalent of the gold rush. Except which means – in other words, we're getting free money, which is the the gas coming out of the ground. Right. Essentially, free money puts a lot of people to work to grab that free money, which comes into the economy mm. and boy, uh, bolsters it to the point where we may be energy independent if we just combine Canada and ourselves mm. uh, within the next ten years no, for I, sure. No, I think you're sim you see. No, I don't think so, John. Because well, let me finish. There's no dream. So this 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 free money, which is the same as gold for no. all practical purposes, should keep the economy from collapsing completely until 2017 okay. when it collapsed during the gold rush too. Okay, as your publisher, I'd like to say there's a couple things wrong with your thesis. You have to go back and rewrite this for the for the second uh, printing. Uh one, I can't believe you just actually said gold is like free money. I mean, wow, that just that was just mind-boggling to hear you say gold is money at all. Those two those two words next to each other. 
Um, but gold, at least you could well, take... Gold was the standard of the monetary exchange at the, at, during that era. You could take a pan and go... dollars is kind of what the standard is today. Right, but you could take a pan and go to the stream and find some gold. Yeah, free uh, money. Yeah, but that is not with gas. This is fracking. It's a very expensive process. Oh, no, the, the, the other one was... Well, let's face it. When gold really started getting pulled out of the ground, there were big operations. They were grinding up all the sure. ore, and they were running through sluices that no one guy was going to do. I also think that you need to uh, go back and look at uh, how the oil industry really started. This was also – you could stick a, 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 a pipe in the ground, and oil would come out. It was. It would. There's a lot. There was a lot of bonanza. We've raped all of that. The shale oil is just not as simple. It's not. It's not a one guy operation. So it, I have to disagree that that it's that is not. And this regulation and Mia Farrow is you know being complicated and and what's her no, name? Daryl Hannah. Think all the, right. No, yeah. that's, those are all uh, barriers uh, to the to the and to gold. The... Everyone's like, everyone thinks gold is good. Let's go get some gold westward. The gold rush, the 49ers. Yeah. I don't think thinking it's good or bad really I don't think has much to do with the wealth aspect. We're not going to have a football team named after the bonanza of shale oil. Okay? <laughs> the shale oils. <laughs> the, the Edmonton Oilers, Yay! the hockey team. Okay. What do you so think they're named by after? To no agenda. Imagine yeah. all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on no agenda. Mine and foil. Remember, it's just a choice. The Edmonton Oilers. Right. What is their name from? Oil. In Canada. Well, they get more oil up there, maybe. <laughs> Short list today. Yeah. Patrick Mackham in Mount Vernon, New York. Did he send me an email? It's, you know, it's going to be kind of interesting because I don't have the emails thing opened. Uh, Patrick, I, if you, if you send look. some, send it again. We'll talk about it next week. Our next show. Really? Lori Swim in Marysville, Kansas, $100. Thanks for everything. ITM from a fellow ham. Oh. KG6GZV. I have had a license for over seven or ten years, and I still haven't made a single contact. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Did you go to the John C. Dvorak School of, of Broadcasting? <laughs> I'm contacting you from the oil fields uh, <clears throat> west of Gitmo Nation, Bakersfield. The best podcast in the universe has made my daily commutes out here much less sucky. First time donor, I've been a douchebag. Is, is this Lori? No, no, this is Timothy's oh, I, okay, email. Okay, Lori, I don't have. Just thanks for everything from Lori. Uh, I'm reading this. I'm befuddled because this is actually from Timothy McCusnick. Yeah. I, it's, this is the way the spreadsheet looks. I'm sorry. He's in Bakersfield at 8888. Anyway. Well, and, and what he needs is 80, an, 88, an 8888 gets a ham thing. That's what the hams want. There you go. That's the 8888 donation signal. Anyway, he's a new donor. Uh, Lori's been around. I've been a douchebag since last year when I got punched in the mouth by Adam during an appearance on Twit when he shocked all the guests by having the nerve to show everyone his gun. What nerve that took. Then he also pulled out his pistol. <laughs> After that, I just had to check out No Agenda and only missed a couple of episodes since since my youngest human resource, Morgan, 12, likes it so much. That's nice. Yeah. Can I get... Is Morgan a woman or a boy? Is a boy or a girl? We don't know. We don't know. 
can I get a please don't eat me Hillary and a little girl yay for her it's a girl yeah and a woman in you know Morgan is Jay's middle name oh that's fascinating info and a woman in labor karma <laughs> shot and a woman in labor karma shot for my oldest human resource Sydney who's expecting her first human resource around the 16th awesome Tim right. from Bakers all right Tim well, uh, give me a shout out on 20 meters don't eat me Hillary Clinton yay you've got karma already I miss her Hillary oh I got some inside information from uh, one of our uh uh, hitman, economic hitman. Oh, okay. Who knows her chief of staff? I show her. Yeah, Uma, Huma. Couple of things. One, she's five seven. Huh. She's five foot seven, and that should be put in the Wikipedia. That should right? be in the Wikipedia. Five seven is not very tall. No, that's pretty average height. I, I know it's not small, but she's apparently looks taller. She's taller than she looks. She looks like she's five five. Anyway. She is going to take a long hiatus. Yes, that that for figures. about three or four months, and I think it's going to be mostly to strategize how they're going to put a team together to run her. Mm -hmm. So we, you probably will miss her because she's going to disappear right. from the scene uh, for probably the rest. Well, but when she comes back, her hair is going to be dynamite. Yes, you know it's going to be dynamite. She'll be right, trim, so that's the slim. Update. She's going to look. <laughs> it's a Hillary update. Capital Idea Radio in Cincinnati, Ohio, eight three three four. Working with top PayPal execs on delivering syphilis over the internet. Until then, <laughs> please my donation to choke on. <laughs> Two of twelve. Two of twelve. <laughs> I like that. That is the kind of that's the, it's a code. You know it's you know he's saying something very different. <laughs> I guess. Delivering Brendan syphilis. Brendan Von Stolk in New Westminster, B.C., $70. Ugh, say my first name only. I know the donation says Canada, but it's actually sushis in Japan, where public teachers work six, eight, six days and 12 hours. What? Six days a week, 12 hours a day? No wonder our schools are screwed up. They're out working us. And where the nightly news is, is in a tizzy about China... Having Oh, yeah. <laughs> we didn't talk about this on the show. This really got everybody's worked up on the Asian news. Apparently, you know, the, the, that those islands they're fighting over? Yeah. You know about this, right? Yeah, the Galakalukalukalos? Yeah, and I mean, you know about the... We all we talked about the thing, but you know about this where the, the Japanese ship is going around there and a Chinese ship came along and locked radar on them? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah we and, didn't. The, and the Japanese got all bent out of shit. You're locking the weapon systems on us. Well, it does kind of suck when you hear that beep, 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 beep. <laughs> you know, it's like. But don't you think, don't you think it went like this? The Chinese guys say, hey, I got a great idea. <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> I, I, you know, the, uh, of course, we have these preconceived notions, again, Hollywoodism, thank you very much, of, you know, Top Gun. Goose, goose, he's got, beep, 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 he's got me on a lock, beep, 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 That's exactly what, and that's, that's the visual I get. Who knows what it is? You can just say this. I'm just going to I'm going to have, this is a great app to have, by the way, uh, on your phone. Just go, beep, 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 crap, they've got a drone lock on me. <laughs> Take cover, <Yeah>. everybody. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Yeah, having the phone go off with a noise. Mm -hmm. <laughs> got a drone locked. They've locked on. Oh, they're locked on target. Run. This is, this is uh, by the way, this is uh, how the book 
uh, kill decision from Daniel Suarez uh, kind of starts out. It's a great read. Uh, time to read that book again, people. Read your documentation. Anyway, like some love karma for some better better luck with the Japanese boys. And if it isn't too greedy, some career karma. Uh, keep up the great work on the best podcast in the universe. Hold on a second. Is Brendan a he or a she? I think he's talking. I think he's referring to business deals. I would love some love life karma for some better luck with the Japanese boys. Oh, well, maybe it's a guy and he likes Japanese boys. I, just, I have no idea. I just want to know. That's all. I just want. I don't know. It's I fine no with idea. me, obviously. You've got yes oh, karma. We know. Hello, I am by curious. You know, Thomas Lee's in London, sixty nine. So, oops. Hey, where's this thing? Bing, 69. bing. Sixty nine, dude. I was waiting for you to set me up. Thank you for the great show. It uh, makes this endless slog of traveling to and from work much easier. I'm through the final stage of a three-month interview process for a, uh, a nuclear industry job. So please, can I get some shut-up-at-science job karma? Absolutely, and we really hope you get that gig because uh, I support the industry. Shut up already. Science. Science. You are karma. Science. Nathan Souser in Phoenix, Arizona. Greetings from Arizona nuts. With drones being in the news lately, I'm sure Sheriff Joe will be announcing his plan for Maricopa County owned drones. I wonder if they will be pink. My friend Bryce, who punched me in the mouth, needs some getting laid karma. Okay. Happy to hand it out. It's our specialty. You've got karma. Jason Block in Brooklyn, New York. Jason Block here. I'm in the Jeopardy. I am the Jeopardy champion with the killer resume who is still unemployed after almost two years. Oh yeah, he he won like he won a ton of money on that. Yeah, Jeopardy. like forty grand or something. Yeah. Last night I was catching up on the February third show and woke up at three thirty three this morning. Whoa! Hello. I saw that as a sign to be a donor and not a boner. Please deduce me. I would like some job karma for myself and some fuck cancer karma for. Katrina Davidson, who is suffering from a rare form of cancer called LCH. She's a fighter, and hopefully this will help. P.S. Since I have co-opted the bullshit and epic fail buttons for my own podcast on the CLW83.com network, consider this a bit of a payment of royalties. Love the show. Keep hitting them in the mouth. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. What was that? That's the fucking cancer. Uh, oh, okay. Jerry Howard in Montclair, New Jersey, 66. Hey, my old hometown. ITM mofos from Montclair, New Jersey, nuts. Birth pit place of Buzz Aldrin, an unfortunate victim of mind control, who believes he walked on the moon over 40 years ago. My donation is in honor of my fiance, Don Rosakis, who turns 33 on the 13th. She is the 33. At the love of my life and her knowledge and passion for the truth is truly humbling. Also, smoking hot. Please add her to the birthday list and give her some magic number plus LGY birthday karma. 33, that's the magic number. Wow! It's the magic number. You've got karma. I didn't know Buzz Aldrin was from Montclair. I lived up there on uh, Glen Road, yo, right past Montclair Kimberly Academy. Dimitri 
Fedosiev, I think. Fedosiev. Fedosiev in London. Ah, the segment's over. Oh! <laughs> 60. <laughs> this, uh, well, uh, what happened? I don't know. It, it like broke. Oh, well. Hold on a second. I broke it. Just many. There we go. 69! 69, dude! Sorry, I don't know what happened. Ourselves. It broke. Thank you for the show, guys. I've been listening for more than three years now. Can I get some karma? Of course you can. Here you go. You've got karma. Scott Olson in San Diego, California, 5633. ITM Janus and Asterisk. <laughs> Salutations and well wishes to the minds behind the best podcast in the universe. Let's have a honored and humbled karma. Or if that's not available, I'll take a to the climate gate plus shut up at science karma. Okay. To the gate, to the gate, to the climate gate. Shut up already. Science. You've got karma. Ooh, sweet combo. That was a goodie. That's a sweet one. You nailed it. Mike Bruno in Beachville, Nova Scotia. Brrr. Greetings from Halifax. He's actually where he is, but still Nova Scotia. Uh, can I get some karma for my fellow Haligonians who are digging out from under the blizzard of 2013? You've got karma. Double nickels on the dime from Kevin Ayers in Broomfield, Colorado. I appreciate you, too, and keep up the good work. You know what's funny? Because uh, this blizzard happened, and I'm like, perfect opportunity to go check out the hams. I couldn't find anyone, like, saving anybody. You Isn't what the hams are supposed to be, like, all over it? Yeah, the hams should have been out in, in mass. Yeah. Mm, Very weakened in, uh, or weakened. In Noblesville, Indiana, $50. Mike Madalori. Yeah, is that right? Or Madaloni, sorry. Mike Madaloni in Chicago. In the morning, John and Adam. And greetings from Gitmo Nation Shooting Gallery. I'm a longtime <laughs> boner, first-time donor. Please give me a dedouching karma for getting my finances in order so I can finally donate and so I can donate more. And an in the morning because I can't get enough of it. Thank you for all you do, and keep hitting him in the mouth. We'll do it in that order, sir. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. In the morning. And finally, Jason Normandin in Milford, Massachusetts. Nuts, $50. <clears throat> and if he has a note, send it again, please. And uh, that's it. Yeah, Short. That's it. <clears throat> so, uh, well, I'm not going to complain. You know, it's your choice. You don't have to. This is your choice to donate. Uh, everything else is free on the program. Free, as in beer. Literally free like Linux. Free. Are we like Linux? Are we the Linux of podcasting? It's getting to look that way. Yeah? Well, we need our kernel recompiled then. <clears throat> From time to time, that's good. <clears throat> I've been working on some Linux recently. You have? Yes, I got one. Uh, I got a Raspberry Pi and I got an Odroid. Are you familiar with these products? No. Really? You don't know about the well, Raspberry okay, Pi? Right. I had Raspberry Pi about two months ago. You get some great raspberries up in Port Angeles. Wow. I hope you're on Twit today. and You'll fit right in with that crowd. Go on. 
No, you want to tell us your story about no, your little devices? Never mind. That's fine. Hey, uh, wanna, no, no, you, 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 you know, I'm a little tired of the cynicism and the little devices. And you, we know, we know you're gay. We know you drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, why don't you go find someone else to do the show with? Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I, I got it. Doctor Kiki. Uh, great. Great. I think that'd be a great show. <laughs> We if pack I, them in. I would listen for sure. Yeah, I know you would. I'd be all over that show. <laughs> and I can finally do my tech show with Molly Wood. You know, life will be great. <laughs> Which is what you've always wanted to do. Yeah. Well, I'm so, well, she's she's lucky she didn't do it with me. But yeah, I'd love to do a tech she show with her. She didn't do what with you? I, I was trying to get her to do a tech show with me. Oh, I thought you meant something else. Oh, please. No, I, I like her too much. <laughs> hey Mickey, did you hear that? Mickey knows we we, we like her too much. Mickey knows we like we like Molly too much. No, she's she's she Molly is my dude friend. I'm telling you, she calls Mickey up about girly stuff, and you know they eat ice cream and cry and whatever. And then, yeah, and then she calls generality. I'm they just eat ice cream and cry. <laughs> then, she, then Molly calls me up and says, "See that Meeks and Auto auction lately? Oh man, I love that big block." This is Molly. She's awesome. She is, she is the perfect friend. You ever watch the Meeks auctions? Yes, of course I do. I, I love those. Not watch them. I can't stand them. Oh really? No, I like watching them. That's cool. I watch them and then I say, "Oh man, I, I can't make more money. I can buy that Corvette." <laughs> that's what that's what I do too. Like, wow, why can't I make more money and buy that? It's only seventy thousand dollars. It's a steal. Actually, they have cars going off at thirty grand that are just unbelievably nice. <laughs> thirty grand. Hello, thirty that's grand. You got thirty grand laying around? You know, just screw you. Go do your show with Kiki. Thirty grand, oh, please. I'm, I'm not buying anything. I'm driving around a twenty-year-old car. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, me, me too. It's uh, with, and I got a, a, a nail in the tire now. I, you know, oh, oh, yeah, I know. You can't pull it out because you know. Yeah, it just goes flat. You got to take it in. I know. I know. It's one of those deals. Okay, so. Uh, this is a value-for-value value proposition. The only way we keep it going is with your support. Become a producer, an executive producer, associate executive producer. Uh, get yourself on the way to knighthood, to baronies. Uh, and this is uh, it's something that it, the decision is yours. It's what you like to do, and we appreciate the help. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Rundown today. Sir Thomas Pulliard says happy birthday to his daughter Heidi. She turns 20 tomorrow. Matthew Stevens congratulates himself. He'll be celebrating on the 13th. Jerry Howard's fiance, Don Rosakis, turns 33 on the 13th. And Sir Devin Ostendorf congratulates himself, celebrating on the 12th of February. Happy birthday from all your buddies here at the No Agenda Show, best podcast in the universe. Universe. Whew. And now we get to do a knighting and a damehood. She's 20, so she is, uh, well, um, you can't, is, is it 21 now everywhere to drink? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Well, not at the No Agenda Night Table. Heidi Pulliard, step forward. David Faldi, step forward. Both of you are about to join the illustrious collection here of Knights and Dames at the No Agenda Roundtable because of the donations in your name or personally in the amount of $1,000 or more. So I hereby pronounce thee Sir David Foley and 
and Dame Heidi of Bulgaria. Night and Dame of the Noah Gender Roundtable. Come on down for you. We got hookers and blow, red boys and chardonnay, hot pants and booze, wenches and beer, rubenes, women and rose, geishas and sake, vodka, vanilla, bong hits and bourbon, sparkling cider and escorts, and mutton and mead. And I would suggest Dame Heidi, the red boys and chardonnay might be nice for you this time. Uh, it's, you don't have to be 21 here at the roundtable. I'm sure your dad will agree. We'll we'll find out in a further in an email <laughs> in, in a the future. In a further email. <laughs> further email. Hey Curry man, it was really not cool what you did there. <laughs> that was like really not okay, man. So I did a little bit of C SPAN work for y'all. And I just wanted to because you know, it it's almost like we've covered the Benghazi thing front to back. We know uh it wasn't uh, it was supposed to be a, a kidnapping it was supposed to, ironically, supposed to help uh, President Obama uh, clench the election to wrap it up, uh, put a bow around it. And, of course, it, unfortunately, oh, crap, you know, they killed him. Um, now, a couple of things you need to know. This was a, really a CIA operation. There were weapons involved, which, of course, had been sent to uh, Syria. Uh, they're sent all over the Arab world, of course. This is the true nature of the Obama administration, running drugs everywhere to light stuff on fire so that we can you know, benefit from that uh, um, economically, financially, and privately. Not for you and I, citizens, by the way. Um, so just to add to um, our the- thesis... I have three quick clips just to prove that this uh, was completely set up and uh, no one gave a crap and they were just letting it play out as it was supposed to play out. First question and answer from uh, actually from uh, John McCain, uh, who I guess is just doing it just for fun because he's complicit in all this stuff. He is the military industrial complex poster boy uh, is asking Dempsey, uh, the uh, uh, the chief, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Uh, if uh, there was any uh, support uh, requested for uh, for the, uh, the, they keep referring it to a consulate, uh, but you can go look at the State Department website. There is no, nor has there ever been an embassy or a consulate in Benghazi. Tripoli, right. yes, there is Just no a house. It's, it's a house next door to the CIA place. Did you ever get the uh, the the message that said they could not withstand a sustained attack on the consulate? I was tracking that intelligence. I was tracking through General. Did you receive that information? I did, and I saw it. So it didn't bother you. It bothered me a great deal. But why never received forces in right in place to be ready to respond? Because we never received a request to do so. Number one and number two, (laughs) you never heard of of Ambassador Stevens' repeated warnings about the lack of security through through General Ham. But we never received a request for support from the state. And by the way, after General Ham mentioned that, what happened to General Ham? <laughs> Out, fired. State Department, which would have allowed us to put forces so the State on Department's the fault. I'm not blaming the State Department. I'm sure they had their own. Who would you blame? Sorry, sir. Who is responsible then? It was well, clear, clear that an assessment was made that they could not withstand a sustained attack on the consulate, with it being September 11th and many other indications. Now listen to this. Listen to what he's about to say. Uh, of that are on that board over there right. of various attacks that have t- already taken place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I stand by the report of the Accountability Review Board, but I would also say, Senator, I was also concerned at that time with Sana'a in Yemen, Khartoum, Islamabad, Peshawar, Kabul, Baghdad. We had some pretty significant intel threat streams against 
Are we awesome or what? Do you hear all the places that we're messing up people's lives? How awesome is that? Hey, listen, we're man. Great. I was really busy on September 11th. This is like uh, Christmas for me, okay? You know, I got like uh, Kabul. I've got Yemen. I've got Islamabad. I've got, you know, hey, I'm a busy guy on September 11th. You know, I'm like Santa Claus, all right? So I got a rain terror from the sky, and I just missed Benghazi. Sue me. So how about uh, Hillary? Uh, was she uh, involved in, uh, you know, of course, you know, we had not one, but two drones with cameras watching this was going on. Seven hours, two attacks over the seven-hour period. Um, you know, we saw both the president and the secretary of state in tears and, and, and distraught as the coffins came off the C-17, uh, which we never see for servicemen and servicewomen, but only, of course, for um, uh, civilians, or I should call them uh uh, diplomats uh, and crying it was so horrible and oh my god and well in between 9.42 p.m. Benghazi time when the first attack started and 5.15 a.m. when Mr. Dougherty and Mr. Woods lost their lives uh, what conversations did, did either of you have with, with Secretary Clinton uh, we, did, we did not have any conversations with Secretary Clinton so, so, and General Dempsey, the same is true true for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sorry. She was having her hair done. She had no time. She was not, she didn't give a crap. Oh, and how about the president? I mean, with his Rose Garden speech, you'd think that he was like up all night, had that blue jacket on with the blue jeans. You know the one I'm talking about? You sit there in the yeah, situation the room. Yeah, the one he's in the picture wearing. Yeah, yeah, the situation room, you know, it's like, ah. So he didn't ask you what ability we had in the area and what we could do. No, I think, I mean, he, he relied on, uh, on both uh, myself as secretary and on General Dempsey's uh, capabilities. He knows generally uh, what we've deployed into the region. Uh, we've presented that to him in other briefings. So he knew generally what was deployed out there. But uh, as to specifics about time, et cetera, et cetera, no, he just left that up to us. Did you have any f further communications with him that night? No. He went to bed. Okay? He went to bed. Did you have any other further communications? Did he ever call you that night to say, how are things going? Uh, what's going on? Where's the consulate? No, um, but... Uh, no, no. <laughs> no. No. No, not really, no. We were, we were aware that as we were getting information on what was taking place there, uh, particularly when uh, we got information that uh, the ambassador... Uh, his his life had been lost. Uh, we, we we were aware that that information went to the White House. Did you communicate with anyone else at the White House that night? No. 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 <laughs> no. I love yeah, how he says the whole thing was supposed to be a scripted deal, and yeah. they, why would they be calling them all the time? Yeah. Worried, but, but sick. But, but then when he found out his life had been lost, which is what kind of I mean, can't is it so hard for a man who has been the Secretary of Defense? And a man who has been in charge of the CIA, is it so hard to say he was killed? I mean, life has been lost. Oh, it's like it's not like you lose your wallet. It's like, what? oh, his life has been lost. Sorry. No one else called you to say, what, what, how are things Well, maybe going? they can find it. <laughs> no. Okay. No, not, no and... one called. No, because they all knew what it was supposed to be. But then they, it's like, you know, it's like. You know, it's like, oh, I went wrong, man. I got to tell the press, you know, well, we called the White House, but, you know, everyone went to bed because they knew it was going to be a bogative kidnapping. Um, since then, has the president asked you 
Why weren't we able to get, uh, in light of the second attack that occurred seven hours later, uh, armed assets there in order to help those who were left and attacked in the annex? The, the, pres the President has made uh, very clear to both myself and General Dempsey that uh, with regards to uh, future threats, we, we have got to be able to uh, deploy forces in a position where we can more rapidly respond. But just to be clear, that night he didn't ask you uh, what assets we had available and how quickly they could respond and what we could no. do to help those individuals. There. I think the biggest problem that night, Senator, was that nobody knew really what was going on there. Except uh, they did know that uh, the ambassador had lost his life. Which they say they that had he, all those drones in the air. They yeah. were carefully monitoring the yeah. whole thing. Was, you yeah. know, why are we the only show that even has this theory? I have yet oh. to hear anybody well, that's deal easy. with this theory. And all we do on this show is back up the theory. We, we don't do it as much as we used to, but every time we bring something into the show about this theory, all it does is back up the theory. Yeah. And nobody even considers, oh, it's crazy, it's a conspiracy talk. You're nuts, you're crazy, you two. Well, that's why people don't do it, <laughs> because of exactly that. They don't like the... the yeah. Have you, have you noticed, um, as someone, uh, I don't know if this was a blog post or where I picked this up, but um, the term now is common sense, you see. Um, com which uh, Common sense has a very interesting history, but the term is common, the president's using it all the time. It's common sense. So we do not have common sense to be thinking this way. Um, <clears throat> there's a study, a number of people have sent this to me. <clears throat> it is, hold on a second, false memories. Uh, let me just bring it up here. i got to adjust my glasses for my blindness. I will go to see my obstetrician, by the way. Um, <laughs> the study is <clears throat> titled... <clears throat> False Memories of Fabricated Political Events. A uh, study done by uh, University of, uh, let's see, Stephen Frenda, University of California, Irvine, Department of Psychology and Social Behavior, uh, University of California, Irvine. Is this a good, uh, a credible university? Is this a, a good institution? Actually, it's, it is for certain kinds of research. Okay. I'll just read you the abstract. It's eight pages in total. Um, in the largest false memory study to date, 5,269 participants were asked about their memories for three true and one of five fabricated political events. Each fabricated event was accompanied by a photographic image purportedly depicting that event. Approximately half the participants falsely remembered the false event happened, with 27% remembering that they saw the events happen on the news. <laughs> Political orientation appeared to influence the formation of false memories. Not unimportant. With conservatives more likely to falsely remember seeing Barack Obama shaking hands with the president of Iran and liberals more likely to remember George W. Bush vacationing with the baseball celebrity during Hurricane Katrina disaster. A follow-up study supported the explanation that events are more easily implanted in memory when they are congruent with a person's pre-existing attitudes and evaluations, in part because attitude-congruent false events promote feelings of recognition and familiarity, which in turn interfere with source attributions. This is exactly why both Fox and 
uh, MSNBC and NBC and CNN are pretty much run by the same people. They're just giving different versions of the bull crap because you will believe anything. doesn't matter what side you're on. As long as they just say it, you'll believe it. It's beautiful. Great study. Something you should uh, look into at the very least. And this is what I mean with this whole, you know, it's all around us. The whole. Yeah, no, we're screwed. Now. You know, I don't like bringing up Sandy Hook unless there's something I got because we're all, we might just call it we're crazy conspiracy nut jobs. Nut jobs, I tell you. So um, these kids are being pimped out everywhere. Now we have one of the kids on the Dr. Oz show because, you know, we, Dr. Oz is a whore. He's got to use the kids to get more ratings. And they're wearing green ribbons, by the way. This is the Sandy Hook green ribbon. And he asked the kid a question, and I want you to listen to the answer. The video is great because you see the parent, like, kneeing the kid, elbowing the kid, because <laughs> he fucks up. Oh, he's in third grade. Thank you, Louis. Um, I asked all the kids what questions they want me to ask because obviously this is a sensitive topic. So. so, first of all, so in other words, the questions were prepared. So it's not a journalistic interview. It's like I asked all the kids, and of course, these are not the kids. The handlers, sometimes known as parents, are saying, here's what you can ask my child. My child has been programmed to answer this question. Louis, you wanted me to ask you what you remembered from that day? Yes. I remember that a lot, a lot of policemen were in the um, school. Um, well, a lot, I was like... Like, I remember when, it, when we were having a drill, uh, we were hiding under, like... Did you hear it? We were having a drill. Mm-hmm. And then we were hiding under the desk. And now the parent is, like, elbowing the kid, and he can't... And he, and he just completely loses it. Take your time. There's no hurry. Go ahead. Um, Let me ask. Take your time. Now, remember how we rehearsed this. I'm Dr. Oz. What, what would you like to say to your teachers about Friday? Well, I didn't, I don't know. So the kids lost it. Kids screwed it up. We were having a drill. I didn't know, but did they have any drill on the on the on the day? I mean, am, am I missing some information well, here? Well, I think the, the the litany would be that they told the kids it was a drill because they were trying to keep them safe from the mad gunman. Ah, okay, right. That's be the way I would do it. That's right. There you go. Sure. Anyway, I have an interesting little tidbit because you know how you're always promoting uh, people uh, taking their going valet and all this other uh, bull crap when they hit the TSA lines. Well, they, excuse me. It's not bull crap. It is a very no, good. enjoyable I, I think process. it's a really good, good way to go. I do it. I, I never get x-rayed. And I talk to the guys, have a good conversation. I always ask them some pertinent question. I learn something. Well, this is interesting. I didn't know that you could get in through the lines. And apparently, according to the website, you can with a Costco card. Now, I'm recommending to top your thing to only use your Costco card. To go through the TSA line, here's part of the report. It's a surprising way to get through Bay Area checkpoints. You just need a Costco card. Alan Martin with the undercover investigation you'll only see right here on KPIX 5. 
Whether you travel for business or pleasure, getting on an airplane can be a hassle navigating all the scanners and metal detectors. They've always got some new sign up. Even grandmas and kids don't get an easy pass. I'm about as vanilla as can be. Giants pitcher Sergio Romo had a run-in with security in Las Vegas after failing to show proper ID, according to the TSA. And while most of us travel with a passport or a driver's license, it turns out you don't need either. If you don't have an ID, you can still fly. KPIX 5 went undercover to each of the Bay Area's major airports. I don't have my driver's license. At SFO, our producer got through with a student ID and a couple of personal credit cards. TSA agents said they'd accept a Costco card. Yeah, so a couple things with this report. Uh, first of all, you do not need identification to travel. This is, uh, you have the freedom of movement. Uh, you will, of course, be um, uh, investigated and stripped and scanned and searched. Uh, but there is no law whatsoever. <laughs> no, this is true. This is absolutely There's, true. You do not. I mean, if, if you have to be a good slave, which is why people show it anyway. Of course, this is also a very pathetic uh, attempt at PR for a Costco. And clearly the Costco totally. card is the mark of the beast. It is obviously, you know, the chip that we all have. And well, I you thought you'd get a kick out front. of it because you hate Costco. I don't hate. Yeah, I do. Because, uh, yes, I do hate I know, Costco. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I do. I do hate Costco. You love Costco. And you know why I hate Costco? You remember why I hate Costco? I know exactly why you hate Costco. Why do I hate Costco? I know why you hate Costco. Why do I hate Costco? If you know, because if you know all, they would not take your money. That's correct. That's and why I found it highly amusing. That's correct. The whole moment I was there. Yeah, it was your idea. That's why you were there. <laughs> it was your idea. <laughs> now I was a total Costco hater. Ah, yes, I am. It's the market. And of the literally, beast. they would not take his money. It was very, very funny but, to watch. But, but this report is so—it's irksome. This report because this is not about. I mean, it's it's submitting even more into the into the machine. It's by saying, you know, you know, as long as you have something to prove, this is, you know. Well, actually, to be honest about just to be fair to the report, because I did, I only clipped it at the very end of the report. They indicated you did not need anything at all to get on a plane. You, but you would be questioned. Yeah, and uh, and they to make sure that you were, you know, they'd ask you if you knew anything about it. For example. I think it was like if you were in a Stalag during World War II, they will grill the new prisoners insofar yes. as what baseball team, yes. supposedly <laughs> the way the movies play it. Who won and the World the Series? Thing, the yeah. TSA does the same thing. Yeah. So that means you would never get on a plane because you don't know anything about baseball. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you okay. know. I, I, okay, now here's a clip I, that I, might I, be I, a can, I can assemble my AR-15 with my eyes closed, Okay. Here's another, uh, this is a more interesting clip. This is Steny Hoyer, who is a douchebag par excellence, introducing Bill Clinton and admitting that they tried to pass a law in Congress to allow Clinton to run for a third term. I thought you might be interested in a little story. I have uh, uh, supported a constitutional amendment, introduced a constitutional amendment, many, many Congresses, to repeal the 22nd Amendment, which just says that the people can't reelect a president for a third term. Henry Hyde, uh, who some of you remember, was chairman of the Judiciary Committee, co-sponsored that with me. He was an opponent of term limits. 
So in uh, 2005, I went up to him after the election and said, Henry, I'm going to put that bill in again. He said, fine. This is the Thursday. He said, fine. So I put his name in. We, uh, we're going to introduce the bill the coming Tuesday. On Tuesday, we came back, Nancy. Henry was sitting on this. One of the seats called me over and said, uh, Stenny, I don't want you to put my name on that bill. I said, Henry, you've, you've uh, co-sponsored this for about five Congress. He said, yes, but I went back, discussed it with my staff, and they say if we pass that amendment, Bill Clinton may be reelected. <laughs> A few days later, as I said, he asked me to take the, his name off that bill. When I asked him why, he told me. It was a reflection of the respect and to some degree the fear, uh, certainly in the Republican Party, they have about Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton, of course, after his presidency, has continued to set his sights on service. Right. Now, Sur- servicing the interns. Now, this is a, you know, I mean, they're, they're always trying to do this. They're trying to eliminate that 22nd Amendment, which is like, I don't know why, because you're never going to get any of these guys out of office. It's a known fact that they would keep voting in Obama till hell freezes over. And he's a young man, so that's what we don't need. But you can be sure they're going to try it again. But here's, while listening to this, I came to this interesting kind of a red book prediction. Okay. Bill Clinton will not be alive if Hillary Clinton runs for president. Either before she starts her run or during her run, which would actually be better, something's going to happen to him for two reasons. One, it would get her in because people would be so sentimental about good old Bill. Mm. So she'll win easily. Oh, oh can you just see in? Oh, I can just see the speeches already. You know, in the tradition of the great president Bill Clinton, you know, carrying the torch. Oh yeah, and more importantly, the Clinton Library. Everybody is. Pretty sure it is. It's so corrupt and rife with donations from Saudi people, and there's just a lot of sketchy money in there. Yeah. And in fact, his or, all of his organizations are, have a lot of problems if they were investigated during a during a Hillary run. That will cut that off. He's done. He's gone. We've got nothing to do with me. And so she can divorce herself, not from Bill, but from all these organizations that people are very suspicious of. And that's what she needs to do. She can't be associated with the Clinton Library. In fact, this was what everybody said during the last run. They said, why don't they start looking at the Clinton Library? It's going to get Hillary in trouble. Uh, shit. The stream is breaking up. Oh, oh, I know why. I'm sorry. I was downloading porn. Anyway, so uh, that's a red book for me. So we have, it'll be 2015 to twenty. So, you know, that that little period is where he has to be. If I was him, I wouldn't be anywhere near the U.S. of A. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be on the road. <laughs> All right. Then let me lay something on you, boy. This is a twofer. Twofer here at the end of the show. You ready for a twofer? Yeah. Okay. This is Agenda 21. You know what that is, right? Agenda 21 is the is the global United Nations indoctrination campaign to think about all things green and sustainable and uh, and the best way to do that of course is to eat people that is the best way so and what comes into the agenda 21 conversation is climate change 
And uh, climate change is pretty much responsible for everything. Well, back to our top story, the blizzard. Every time we see a storm like this lately, the first question to pop into a lot of people's minds is whether or not global warming is to blame. I'll talk to Bill Nye. The... So um, whenever I see Wait a blizzard... A they're bringing in Bill Nye? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, that's part two of the clip. So um, whenever there's a blizzard, my the first thing that pops into my mind, the first question is... Am I going to be safe? Uh, who's going to dig out the car? No. According to the prostitute at CNN, the first question is, is this climate change and global warming? Now, let's take God a- knows we've never seen a blizzard in our lifetime. Now, let's continue with the same prostitute. With another question. Well, we want to bring in our science guy, Bill Nye, and, you know, talk about something else that's falling from the sky. Uh, and that is an asteroid. Uh, what What's coming our way? Is this an effect of, of perhaps global warming, or is this just some <laughs> no, meteoric? No. <laughs> oh, man, if I had known that clip was there, you would have gotten clip of the day for that one. I'm telling global you. Global <laughs> warming and an asteroid? <laughs> and, you know, and, you know, people is like, yeah, that makes sense. Fuck, man! Stop! Stop How driving does your this car. Can even get on the air. <laughs> How does Bill Nye get on the air? Is my question. That jabroni doesn't need to be on the air either. It's Mickey Mouse television. What did he say to that? Mm. Occasion. That you're nuts, lady. Um, I if uh, I I have this thing on the asteroid. If you want. Well, we're bringing our science guy, Bill Nye, and you know, talk about something else that's oh, wait, falling. That's the wrong one. Um. I don't know if I have his exact answer to that. As the one that created what's called the Tunguska event in Siberia in 1908, if such a meteor were to hit Atlanta or New York City or Boston, that would be it for those municipalities. The thing with about 2,000 square kilometers, 1,200 square miles. Is it kilometers or kilometers? I'm always suspicious of people who say kilometers. I think kilometers is... You kilometers know. is the way I think it should be pronounced, but I think kilometers... Is that more like a science way? Is you more scientist no, 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 if you say no, kilometers? No, 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 like no. celebrities? The opposite. No. It would be like celebrities. Celebrities, kilometers. uh, No, I don't know. Kilometers is a way it should be pronounced by a science. That destroyed, flattened, ruined. But that's not going to happen. Let's let's make sure our viewers don't get nervous. Oh, don't get nervous, viewers. That's not going to happen. We're not going to get killed by the asteroid from global warming just yet. The the meteor is sort of going up and above the planet Earth, right? That's a meteor. Yeah, Yeah, get nervous, but not about this one. This one will miss us by about 15 minutes. How does I love the fifteen minutes? What? It's like the bus. This one will miss us by fifteen hey, minutes. Bus driver, they open the door. <laughs> it will miss us by fifteen minutes. Oh boy, I wish I was on Twit today. Oh God, I, I please, Leo, I beg you, let me back on to talk about this stuff because you need me. The world needs me to talk about this now. You can't have the guy with the. I'll put on the bow tie. Will that make a difference if, if I put on a bow tie? He's not going to talk about this topic. Yeah, of course he is. It's science. No. 15 minutes difference, and that's it. There are about 100... I'll bet you one silver coin. One silver coin. This topic, the 15 minutes, is discussed on Twit today. So, okay, so what has to be discussed... Now, hopefully, uh, some. Well, see, the problem is the chat room will go into that chat room and try to get it. This, but I'll, I'll say this: I'll bet you the, the silver coin that uh, 
this topic and the, and the term 15 minutes has to be used as we just missed it by 15 minutes. Uh, yeah, I'm in on the bet. 15 minutes. So you think that won't happen? I'm saying no. They won't discuss it. It's got nothing to do with anything. And and about. and winner gets to choose which silver coin. Because I know now, I, now you're adding to. I'm just giving you a silver. I'm giving you an ounce of silver. Yes, I already know. That's I, it. I'm an not ounce. choosing coins. You're not going to come rummaging around the house. Oh, look at this. I'm taking this one. No, not going to happen. You make the bet or not? I'm I'm in on the bet. I'm going to win this bet. Rummaging around the house. <laughs> uh, and then I have a clip for you. Because you keep mistaking John O. Brennan for Paul Bremer. Yeah, John O. Brennan, the guy who used to run uh, Iraq. Iraq, that's right. So Iraq was uh, Paul Bremer, not, oh, not, that's right. not John O. Brennan. I knew this. So, uh, here's, so he got shooed the other day in, in Britain. A dude came in and threw. Got shooed, Bremer. Yes, he's doing. Good. It, it, I got the I got the audio. It was very funny. So I'll I'll tell you what happens because of course it's it's an Iraqi guy and he stands up and the video is hilarious and he's like, hey, uh, Bremen, yeah, I got two presents for you. One from uh, Saddam Hussein, the other one from the Iraqi people whose country you fucked up. And he throws these shoes at him, and Bremer actually tries to catch one of them. Yeah. Uh, my name is Yasser Samurai. Um, I was born in London but I grew up in Iraq and I came to London in 2005 after the Iraq war, after the uh, USA destroyed the country. Um, I'm just, uh, got two messages. Now listen to the response of the crowd when they, because th- you know, that's the thing that's most interesting to me is how people respond to what in the Arab world is one of the largest in, it's like, you know, it's like your mother wears army boots only to the max is showing someone your heel or throwing a shoe is a huge insult. This, uh, one from Saddam Hussein, uh, uh, ex-president and one from, uh, one, one from the Arab people. Um, this is a first message. Come on. You fucked up the country. You fucked up the country. You destroyed the country. Fuck you and fuck your democracy. (laughs) Fuck you. Fuck your democracy. (laughs) And here's the British people. (laughs) He threw a shoe. And then Bremer at the end. The audio is a little crappy. He says, you know. If we didn't, if we hadn't kicked Saddam Hussein out, you wouldn't be able to say that in Iraq. You'd be a dead man right now. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. I love it. I love it when when and Ahmadinejad also got a shoe the other day. At least one protester has been arrested uh, for throwing a shoe at the Iranian president Mahmoud Ahmadinejad. A shoe? He was throwing a shoe. Oh my goodness! This is very weird the way they throw shoes. That was during a visit to a mosque in the Egyptian capital Cairo. Yeah. The shoe did not appear to hit Mr. Ahmadinejad, but the president made a hasty retreat, showing the sole of a shoe is a grave insult in the Arab world. The Brits don't get it. The guy throwing the shoe. Of course not. The guy throwing the shoe. Threw a shoe. What a waste of a shoe. But people are like, oh. Idiots. This is idiocy. Threw a shoe. He threw a shoe. The guy was. Anyway. Um, Now we're done. Now we're done with this. What week are we? How many how many weeks have we has this new year been going on? Uh, uh four? No. Three? Are we no. Six? Sixth week. We're in the yeah, sixth week. 
What happens every six weeks? What? Come on. You know, we've talked about this on the freaking show. What? <sighs> Hollywood disgust and dice. Oh, shoot. That's the wrong one. <laughs> nice punchline. <sighs> the FBI. Oh, yeah. No, they always they always set some guy up. It's about every. You're right. It's a six week cycle. Six week six cycle. Week, what we have to do. Here's what we have to do. Next show. The, the the show we do before it marks six weeks, we have to make the prediction. This is the this, but you heard about this. The FBI uh, got the the yeah, San, they found some other the dumb San guy. Jose By the way, guy. try to find a photo of this guy. I think I found one. <laughs> the guy looks like a complete moron, yeah. and I think he's like a homeless guy or something. And they just, hey buddy, would you like to? Uh, hey, you want to bomb a place? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. bomb a place, yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, they you got some guy, some idiot, and they talked him into it. And then he had him dial the phone a couple of times yeah. to blow up the the Bank of America in, over here in Oakland. Matthew Aaron Laneza of Three San names, Jose. So another course, earmark. Of course. Of course. Phony but about it's it. six weeks. It's like six weeks. You know, it's, it's like clockwork. They look at the calendar like, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. What is six weeks from now? That, that'll, that'll, I just, think that's when we have our 50th anniversary, our, uh, five, oh, our 500 shows. That's on the 30th? Let me just see. Let me just check. So one, let me just see. February is one, two, three is the first week of March. And then four, five. It's just before the five, the 500. So around the time. So that'll be our earmark. We'll remember around the 500th episode. Do we have right, a special be uh, another event? It takes apparently six weeks to set these things up. No, no, it's probably it, a small, very small team of FBI people. Yeah, no, no, it's not the setup. It's the setup sometimes takes months, but the announcement cycle is every six weeks. Oh yeah, there's probably three or four of these in play as we speak. Yeah, exactly. they're holding off. <laughs> of course. Hey, Bill, this is getting boring. I'm ready what are with, we going to do? I'm ready with this guy. No, no, this no. This guy, by the way, is suicidal anyway. What are we going to do if he kills himself? Can we give this guy the cell phone yet? Come on, man. I want to give him the cell phone. It's time. It's time. No, no it's something yet. besides the cell phone. It's always the same <laughs> thing. Yeah, how come it's always a cell phone in the backpack? Come on, it's getting boring. They got to spice it up a little bit. Well, this guy, the, the the idea they had was that he was trying to blow up the bank, blame it on right wing Republicans to start a civil war. That was yeah, his. Yeah, that was his genius yeah, idea. All made logical sense. <laughs> that was his genius idea. He's gonna start a civil war by blowing up the Bank of America, which would upset nobody, by the way. And then blame it on the Republicans, who'd probably get more votes, to be honest about it, than they did last election. Yeah. And then a civil war would begin for some unknown reason. <laughs> what an idiot. Yeah. And this all makes sense. Oh, the FBI yeah. busted another guy. Yay, yeah. yay for the FBI. I think a lot of people are catching on to this scam, by the way, on the internets. So the 500th uh, episode, um, that'll be pretty big. Do we have a, a, a special donation thing for like, you know, 500 pennies? Yeah, five hundred pennies. That's five bucks. Uh, we'll, we'll I'll work on something this week. Ended <laughs> it up, but not five hundred pennies. Five hundred times, maybe. Yeah. Have you have you been receiving all the the um, the emails I've been forwarding to you regarding designs for the night pins? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at them now. Okay, please, people, uh, you can CC me, but don't email them to me alone. Uh, and put John first in the to address because this is not my responsibility on the show. This is, this is true. 
Right. No, I mean, I just want to make it clear because I don't know why they're sending anything to you. And uh, oh, and uh, and kudos to uh, spamhouse.org. They've changed something. You know, you know, zen.spamhouse.org or whatever it is, one of these, it's the biggest uh, email blacklist service that everyone yeah, uh, yeah. So I run my own mail server, and all of a sudden people are like, hey man, your email's bouncing back, you're bouncing back. And of course, the first question I always ask is, um, did you read what the bounce message said? No, I deleted it. <laughs> this is so people. I like the way, I like your character. <laughs> well, this is exactly what people do. You know, there is information in this that message. This is the message. Adam Curry hater yes. guy. This is, there's information in the bounce yes, back lots email of information in there. that will help you understand what happened. And uh, so they've deleted. They've refined, and it it is even it even kicked the email back to Miss Mickey. And I'm like, and of course I said to Mickey, "Do you have the email?" She said, "Of course I saved the email. What do you think I am, some idiot?" <laughs> so I go look at the bounce message, and she had sent me an email that just said subject line contact. I'm like, I love this. This is how good spam house has become. Because, you know, contact is like the number one dating site bullcrap spam email you get. Contact dot, 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 you know. And so it's bouncing. And she comes in from a dot Mac address. So it's bouncing that back. So something has changed, and they're getting really good. And I'm ve- I'm, I find it very enjoyable that you have to now figure out how to get through my spam filter. And this is a product, John, that I'm now developing it is because what's the problem with this process? The problem is the bounce message sucks. So instead of a bounce message that has headers and all this crap, it's going to be your email was not smart enough to get through to me. Think about how cool that is. That people then have to take time to create a subject line that makes sense in order to get through the spam filter. Ah. Uh. Do you think it would cut back on dumb communication? Uh, maybe. maybe For, not. Forwards, I have no idea. Forwards, if it just if it says SWFWD colon blocked. No more forwards. Don't just forward crap to me. You want to communicate something to me? Do some work. What do you think? Well, I forward stuff to you all the time. You forward stuff to me all the time. Yeah, but this is, I, I love you. You have me on the white list. Yeah. But yeah, you know, of course I have to have a whitelist. But you know this, this forwarding that people do. Or oh, here's my other favorite. You've got to listen to this show. It's great. It's only five hours long. You'll love it. Great clips. This is not a helpful email, people. <laughs> I have a life. I have work. No agenda. Producer you update. Got your pet peeve out of the way before the show ended. Yeah, well, I've got to do something. It's not, it's, hey, people donate. I'll work more. No Agenda Producer Update is coming up live on the streams. It's been a while since we've had one of those. So, uh, Mr. Oil, Sir Gitmo Slave, I, I don't know if Void Zero is on there. Uh, if he, I know he, I don't know if he participates in the show. He should. Go on there and tell these guys how great they are, that they're keeping all of this stuff running for us. I don't know what happened. Some of the stream was buffering. I'm not sure why. That's probably anticipation of the move. Hey, folks, 1021. What? What? Crap. What? Snatched. Snatched? 1021. What the hell are you talking about? NDAA. Section oh, 1021. section 1021. <laughs> yeah. 
So we'll be back on Thursday, and uh, we'll be back with another doozy of a show here to protect your sanity. It'll, actually, it's good for your physical health as well, knowing that it's bullcrap, and that's what we cut through. Coming to you from Austin, Texas, home of South by Southwest. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, and, and without further ado, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back on Thursday right here on No Agenda. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A.